Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Russians. Hi, hello. Thank uh, you. For, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a guest for you. It's just the two of us. And what are we going to talk about? Well, actually, we're going to talk about um, kind of Mary Harrington and that whole post-leftist uh, circle of, um, I guess, people, <laughs> people, people, women, quote, quote, <laughs> feminists quote, against women. progress. Um, so we're going to talk about that. But I thought first, I thought you want to talk about like Russian Victory Day and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, just there was just the Victory Day, uh, obviously World War Two Victory Day and. In Moscow, that was May 9th, yeah. yeah, May 9th, usually a big day. I mean, a, a, a day that's, you know, become now just synonymous with Putin's sort of uh, bullshit revisionist, I don't know, like propagandistic nationalism, um, yeah. you know, and, you know, uh, but uh, it, there's, a, there's a bunch of interesting things that happen surrounding it. I mean, well, with, with, with the, that, you know, the, I don't know, things, the events move so quickly now that like, I don't know, like things don't even stay in the news cycle anymore. They things just immediately fall out of it. I mean, what what's most interesting to me was, you know, yeah, the, the, I think I guess the parade was a bit like on the muted side. There wasn't there wasn't a lot as, as pomp uh, around, well, and there yeah, weren't because they're not like really winning. They're not winning, and they and there's there they didn't have the you know the immortal uh, regiment, you know, which yeah, is yeah, weird. Why? I I wonder if they don't want to call attention to people de- dying maybe, on the front because there's maybe. you know there's quite a number of people being killed on the front. In, the, in in Ukraine from the Russian side and maybe they don't want you know people to come out with their own young dead, young dead soldiers and stuff, yeah. to the parade you know but just to emphasize one more thing I don't know I barely can like follow those like Russia war news yeah. I don't do it that closely because it's just bad for my mental health as they say here yeah <laughs> not truly like I can't I can't deal with it but um some of it I do follow and one of the things that's consistent and I feel the same way I feel like people doesn't matter my age younger older like who all kind of did like Victory Day that's Mm -hmm. one thing besides New Year celebrations that everyone agreed on is cool and maybe also like March 8 like Women's Day I don't know something fairly neutral and everyone agreed upon as celebratory event Mm -hmm. now I feel like it was it was just bathed in blood and like Putin just and his people cynically took it and connected that war to his current invasion of Ukraine. And the fact that he built this like complete bridge, he and his propagandists between Second World War and winning over the actually German Nazi regime. Mm-hmm. And he equated that with uh, the fighting Ukrainian neo-Nazis. Yeah. And he fully like connected it and um, tried to make um, young people who go to war feel that they're doing exactly the same job, continuing the same job their grandparents or great-grandparents did. And that's why it's as glorious. And the fact that he did it is just, I mean, there's like, <laughs> that you can't forgive that. Yeah. And besides all the other, just obviously horrific stuff that's going on but on that like what do you call like myth level rhetorical level Mm -hmm. I mean I've never seen anything nastier done in Russia since since I was born there since the 90s I actually literally have never seen anything nasty I know like 90s were hard and a lot of meaning was lost and Soviet Union collapsed and there was all this like chaotic thing where everything went but there was never like a such a 
concentrated effort. There was a sort of effort to 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 say that Soviet Union was like bad or made no sense, whatever, yes. or socialist socialism. But in this particular way, like the Victory Day and. Um, just generally the victory in the uh, Second World War was never kind of questioned, yeah. truly. Exactly. And I even remember, you know, I remember resisting. It, it was already kind of happening in a, even before the war, right? You were saying like they were started to try to weaponize the, the victory of, of the before day. Before that, yeah. yeah. To, to, to kind of prop up Putin's, uh, to prop up, the, not just Putin's, but prop up the, the state and prop up the... Uh, the, the validity the, kind of, the right? The validity of, of the government, basically, because mm-hmm. it was the only thing that was keeping... Like people together was the only and continuity kind of thing, right? Exactly. It was like it was like it was like it, there was a continuity through the you know motherland, fatherland, uh, you know, it, it, and then like stripping it of ideology, stripping it of the communism and, and the Soviet Union, but like keeping the fighting for our for your for your people, for your land, and you know everyone could agree that this was like a good thing. That it was like a clear black and white good versus evil narrative. You know, even that though you could, it was weaponized years before yeah, this war. And I yeah. remember being resistant to it just because you know everyone has a grandfather who or, or no, you were resistant yeah. to hating on to hating on it because, because I, you don't yeah. say like our friends, yeah. my left wing friends that since then left Saint Petersburg, yeah. but they were kind of like not typical like sort of like this Marxist academics. They were disgusted already years ago by this. Yeah, but I always thought, well, yeah, sure, but then it's still there's something true to the pride and like yes. which it, it was true but then I can see how yeah they were right in some ways there was a continuity and now they fully took it and yeah. like weaponized it to like 11 yeah because you know I, I don't know my grandfather in particular uh, my mom's father Gennady you know he fought you know on in to, to defend uh, Leningrad uh, and uh, he helped you know break through the siege of Leningrad and was wounded multiple times and you know like almost died on the battlefield and you know it's like it's like a for all the you know for all the like i mean it was just that, that's like a central part of my family Lore, story right. and, and like pride and you know because the, my family did survive um the siege of leningrad so they were there my my mom wasn't born yet my my uncle was born right before the siege of leningrad so it's like you know we're very typical Soviet family in that in that way. That so like, was Putin actually. Yeah, that's like, the that's I guess I don't so, know. Maybe I'm repeating myself, but it's like truly I can't wrap my mind around that part. Yeah. Maybe I am naive still. I don't know. Yeah, that like the people of his generation, which is like our parents, exactly yeah. our parents' age, and Putin is the same age, and his people around him more or less the same. This kind of I guess baby boomers who like post-war, right, post-war generation mm-hmm. who like really kind of were surrounded by the war relics and this parents yeah. who I guess came back from the war and were affected by the war and specifically like St. Petersburg being from Leningrad. Yes. It's like very close to the horrors. Yes. And, and it, I, maybe it is na- my naivete yeah. is that I can't believe they're doing this. This like, this Leningrad like 70 year olds that they could do it. Like I, I, I started believing yeah. in like a vampire shit. I don't yeah. know. I, like I can't. It, it's really hard for me I to, mean, yeah, to I wrap yeah. my mind around that. I mean, they're someone, pretty sitting here. Yeah, I know. It's 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 fucked up. I mean, yeah. So it's like no, but also the age. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm not just like being. Oh, how could they be bad? Yeah. Like this specific generation, and especially of that place, feels so unreal that yeah. they could, they could weaponize it in such a cynical manner and destroy any like something that was sort of people were had pride about. 
I don't know. I mean, because yeah. now it's t- tinted. That's what I noticed. Like, I don't know, social media, some friends, right? Yeah, it's like now tinted. Yeah. Like this one, you never doubted it. Whatever things were bad, whatever you might you say. You were able to, yeah. It was the one thing that you could, that still. You didn't you could, di- doubt about Soviet Union or just about like. You, you had like, you could like celebrate the thing with, mm-hmm. without like with, 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 with. Not just a clear conscience, but like actually enjoy the enjoy it, you know, like yeah. enjoy this thing because there's something truly good about it, and um, yeah, and now it's like I mean I even like just remembered I mean we I don't know if we recorded an episode a year ago, but like I remember writing about this a year ago when the first May you know May ninth celebration mm-hmm. after the war. It was and it big, was like, right? And, they, and they remember they they had these posters hanging up back then a year ago saying 1945. To 2022. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That this is, it, it, the victory is like keeps going, you know? Yeah. I mean, like crazy. It, it keeps going now. So now I guess it's 2023 now. I guess they should not change to the 2023 day, and 2024, 2025. So like, so they're making a direct connection that the war never ended essentially and that they fight, keep fighting this war. And it's, yeah, it's really just disgusting. I can't even, I couldn't, I, I didn't even like think about it, you know? I mean, I remember when we even celebrated sometimes, remember in Santa Monica, we even like had some people over and we I watched the parade and stuff. Yeah. Not only watched the parade by accident, we like, yeah, we were streaming maybe through some YouTube or something, yeah. parade. And I think maybe I, I put on Whip It. Oh. by uh, who is a Devo, Devo? Yeah. and somehow I want to try it again maybe I'll share it with people there was some magical alignment of Whippet um, with the parade like with the people marching on Red Square <laughs> and somehow it was so fitting oh, maybe I was high now I'm not sure Whoa, but yeah, I thought it was really like somehow good um, uh, soundtrack you were doing like live mixing yeah yes, audio yes. visual uh, it was good show. soundtrack yeah so I don't know uh, for oh, yeah, so May, May 9th has completely lost all fucking you know uh, sense it's like a senseless it's, it's been good a, that most people who participated in that were dead by now yeah. like I actually think it's good for them that they're the ones who yeah. are dead they're dead because they don't, they don't have to see this like atrocity well, who, you know, who knows though you know they might support this thing like again there's like there's different views you know inside Russia it's you know there are people it, not everyone's against this war right so um so Either, you, you know it doesn't it matter I'm, all yeah. I'm saying is just how it would, be, how, it would suck to see them yeah like project their own their, you know their own um, they took part in, in this in, in this in, in World War Two, and they and then you know to to co- compare to what's going on. Yeah, uh, but I speaking mean, yeah. of the people who are supporting the war and uh, actually are like almost uh, doing like the propaganda work. So one of the top propagandists of this war, this writer turned I don't even know politician. Would you say Prilepin? Political activist, like political influencer. Um, yeah, yeah, what's his first name? Uh, Zahar. Yeah, well, that's a fake name. His name is Evgeny, <laughs> just like me. Zahar Prilepin. <laughs> he yeah. just, I think, wanted to sound more like a people's kind of person. Mm-hmm. Zahar. Yeah, so <laughs> Prilepin, um, there was a, what do you call it, a terrorist attack on him? Uh, well, an assassination. Assassination. Attempt. Why terrorist? What am I saying? I mean, it's, assassination yeah. um, attempt. A terrorist attack from the Kremlin would call it a ter- terrorist attack. Look, uh, yeah. why am I using their language? Well, what, you're just because you're you, you know it's like you can take the Russian, you can take the Russian out of Russia, but can you take Putin out of the Russian? I'm the embarrassed. Question. Okay, anyway, assassination attempt that actually failed. Yeah, there was something mystical about it. So they um, put. Um, was it a bomb under his car, under yeah. his jeep? But in and they knew he had um, a driver, 
and they put it in the back seat under the back seat uh, but uh, somehow uh, not back seat, i think front no, was but it? right but right side i think ah but the front i don't know oh, okay. it was on the anyway. right side i, I don't know either way yeah. basically the guy decided to somehow drive himself and that's why his driver died immediately and he yeah. survived and was taken by the helicopter to some hospital and supposedly this story i am following he's kind of recovering yeah i don't know what kind of damage um that's you know uh he what kind of damage has been done to him but um yeah, I don't know. Can I he mean, Zahar Pulepin is interesting. I mean, yeah, he survived. It, it seemed miraculous. I mean, he, I think Zahar, uh, Zahar yeah. Pulepin was saying. I, I, um, I, I read. You know, uh, there was an article. I think you know, there was like sort of he was speaking from his hospital bed, and um, apparently there were supposed to be two bombs that were supposed to go off. There was mm. like a second bomb, mm-hmm. but the guy who uh, triggered it, who they apparently caught already, and who already completely confessed to the crime and said that he was, um, he, that he was. Um, uh, basically, um, you know, um, what do you, like recruited by uh, the SBU, basically Ukrainian intelligence services, to to do this, and he traveled to Russia from Ukraine, you know, with the express objective to assassinate Zahar Perlepin, and was kind of following him around and, and casing him, and he was sort of seen around the area. Um, they caught him, but that he was supposed to be there. He was supposed to detonate a second bomb that was like supposed to finish the whole thing, but he got huh. scared and he ran away. So the second the bomb like a, not in the car. I don't. I'm not quite it. certain of what it was, but that, but that there was like this miraculous thing that happened to him. So he survived. Basically, it looked bad. There are pictures. Um, it was the a huge car bomb, turned yeah. around, but also like what do you call it? Like a big yeah, no, no, flipped. Yes, um, but there was a big um, pit hole. Yeah, hole in and the you ground. Can see, yeah, well, like, that's like a strong bomb. <laughs> no, no, no. It looked like it looked. I, I initially thought it was like a mine or something that went off. Or like yeah. that he rode on a that he drove over a mine because it was just there was a yeah like it was like I don't know like a, a you foot know what's deep interesting? or more yeah. I, I keep thinking I know there are assassination attempts it's like is a thing in Russia often they're successful but this ones with the bombs it's funny they often go wrong like supposedly Dugin uh, they wanted to assassinate Dugin the, another mm-hmm. I guess more major sort of intellectual force behind this sort of Eurasian I don't even know how to describe his ideology. Dugin is sort of like one of the ideologues of Putin. He's like a Russian nationalist. Just Russian nationalist. He's I, I somehow got famous in the West. Not not clear if he deserves all that fame. But um, so he, they tried to supposedly assassinate him, but instead his daughter got assassinated. Yeah. So and then I remember when someone tried to assassinate Boris Brezovsky, yep. the same way his driver died got I decapitated think. i think Deca- yeah not a driver maybe like um no, what bo- do you call it maybe uh, a bodyguard? Uh, bodyguard doesn't matter basically an extra person yeah and and survived so it's it's funny like i think with these people when you have more of a your policy around you yeah. it's never a sure thing because you're not as solitary that it just seems like what i yeah, yeah. i mean the, the interesting thing about because there's a okay so zahar pelepin is this one guy that was there was an attempt at assassination you know not that long ago there was a, a guy who was actually assassinated this kind of again like a this ukrainian kind of uh ex-con convict from east ukraine who became this who you know like one of the leading kind of war correspondents slash like war influencers and he was actually there was you know he was he was assassinated through a remote controlled bomb that was put into a a statue a statue of himself that was given to by like it's not clear if she was a witting or an unwitting sort of delivery person who who, who gave this thing to him and it exploded at a at a book presentation in St. Petersburg in the center of St. Petersburg. But what's and but this guy, you know, that that guy's um, name is Vladlen uh, Tatarsky. Tatarsky. Again, it's, it's also not a again, pseudonym. It's a pseudonym. You know, he's kind of just this gross dude. You know, very very bloodthirsty kind of war propagandist. 
So Harpalepin is a little different. I mean, he actually has a much more interesting tra- trajectory, right? I mean, he because he... He's a literary p- kind of person. Yeah, because like, I don't know, just over a decade ago, he was, uh, I don't know, he was like, uh, yeah, like he was just in the Moscow literary scene and, right, like he was sort of on all the, on all the, on, on all the kind of the programs and he was like, he was part of the scene. It was, he wasn't like some kind of extremist. No. And, and he has an interesting trajectory. He was actually a, he, actually a cop. But then he turned and became an activist in Limanov's um, National Bolshevik Party, right, mm-hmm. from, from Nizhny Novgorod, which is his hometown. And he kind of rose through the, the ranks of that party and was also like an, an aspiring novelist. And he wrote this novel that he became famous for, which and is I sort of... And I think a liberal, um, this uh, theater director put it on. You know, I think Serebrenikov made um, like a play out of it. So... It's called which it's called Sanka in, uh, in right. Moscow theater, but which means like all the right things happened to him. Yeah, so he was actually on, 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 he wasn't like some like um, I don't know like extremist who was anti liberal or no, whatever. No. Or, so he was actually on, on the opposition. He was embraced by the opposition, um, and he was also I mean interestingly enough he kind of started also kind of going to the nationalist side of, of of the Russian politics also pretty early on. He was one of the co-founders of the Narod movement, which is the people's movement with Alexei Navalny, like so in 2007. So, and Navalny wrote a, a forward to a translation, the English translation of his novel, Sanka, which is about, Sanka is basically about like a young, um, poor kid, basically kind of a, a fictionalized version of himself from, from Nizhny Novgorod, who joins this radical revolutionary party. Which and is like, Limanov's party. Limanov's party, and kind of like, um, sleeps with the boss basically girl. Basically, the, the boss is in jail, and like he he helps takes care of like the the boss's girlfriend. Do you think he did? I don't know if that's true. No, I think it's okay. fictionalized. I think it's meant to. I think I'll, it's interesting. I'll, I kind of want to get into it a little bit in a little bit later. Anyway, so he goes and like joins this revolutionary movement and fights the state. Basically, Putin. You know, at the at the time, I was already in power, and it's sort of like a very revolutionary kind of novel, and it's the path to it's, it's kind of tr- tries to like get into the mind of, of, of someone who, basically of someone who joins the National Bolshevik Party and like is willing to go to jail for his beliefs which is pretty interesting you know in theory an interesting thing to do but it was the novel itself I don't I, I, I didn't find it that well written or that, that compelling but I mean I almost in, in hindsight I almost feel like he wrote that novel in, as a way to like appeal to Limanov's you know narcissistic tendencies because you know it's like a, the novel is really about him Venerating what do you mean the to, leader. So he wrote it to get closer to Lamont. But I mean, but like it's not. I don't know if it's like the the the, the sole reason he wrote it. But like there, there's a strain of that. He like it's like ad, there's adulation, but also like the coveting of his girlfriend and like the and and um, I don't know. There's like there, there's something. I don't know. Lamont himself just wrote a little uh, post about that. He saw him as a total fake, and the guy who was looking to publish this novel yeah. when they first met, he already had the novel. Yeah. You know, See, yeah. and actually was not very interested in politics and was not very interested in his party and later reverse engineered his supposed political interest uh, rather than this like actually opportunistic uh, kind of literary car- you know, yeah. career. Well, yes and That's no. That's how I mean, said it. Yes, but Lomonov, when this novel came out, Lomonov like, was with him at, at like the, you know, the launching of the book. And so I think Lomonov saw him as like also a useful propaganda tool for himself. Because he was promoting the, the you know his own kind of cult of personality, right, of, of yeah. Lomonov, but also the party. He was like helping propagate. Yeah. I remember there. So it's actually a little bit more complicated. Yeah, Lomonov later Lomonov came on, right. came out against 
prolapping and actually like sort way, of you know with me and prolapping yeah. is kind of interesting um i don't know what's his deal i don't know why he was doing what he's doing in yeah. terms of like the war propaganda but i know like for a while he has like this four kids like pretty early on yeah this like one wife and he early on started like publicly espousing this um family values by the way Mary Harrington would love this this um, actually will transition pretty well and, to the uh, next segment yeah and yeah. he would basically be saying how you know like yeah women um, need to have kids rather early there's nothing there to like to just like this Moscow nightlife or whatever he, no I remember his columns they were kind of witty uh, how he hangs out in Moscow and looks at this women. Mary Harrington would love this. Mm-hmm. And they're maybe already in their late 20s or something. He's like, whatever, I have this hot wife at home and she has a bunch of kids and it's way cooler. And he was basically, what he was doing in a way is doing this kind of like propaganda work yeah, yeah. on the, um, to, of traditional values. And what I know is that already that stance was partially funded by... I don't know Kremlin adjacent things. I yeah. I, I can't exactly name what's the, the what's the agency or how it was done, but he was getting I, money from the from I the know Kremlin. There yes. was something right to kind of just focus on that, and I actually believe he believed in it because he kind yeah. of was sort of living that. No, just in terms of like why not? He yeah. probably like, you know Russian men are pretty traditional. He could believe in it. Yes, I mean in he, terms yeah, of yeah. The, whatever. No, I mean to the point where he then got a job. So he for, he went from like pretending to be the sort of radical anti-state guy, right? Like joining this revolutionary terrorist organization yeah. almost and like, you know, uh, writing this novel about a person, glorifying a person who, who fights the state and, and kind and of dies. And then joined the man, joined and he, the and state. Then he, and then he joined the man, yeah. He joined it and he went, to, uh, he started doing this, yeah, traditional family values bullshit. And then he w- had a show on like, basically on like this television launched by Malafeyev, this... Um, uh, Russian this, like, Orthodox oligarch. Yeah, this like weird little like doughy kind of like. Where his money is from? Isn't he? I don't you know. I, I, he, but, it, it, actually, okay. that's a good question. Actually, what either it, way, Russian Orthodox oligarch who started this TV channel that is basically all about traditional values, and some of the women there even like have their uh, hat scarves on. It's basically like Russian Shari, I think. Like in, in terms of what's it about? And uh, Prilepin, the formerly supposedly revolutionary guy, had his own. Right, talk show there. And Dugin, I think, too, at some point. Yeah. Yes. Dugin was there, too. No, he was, yeah, they were so all there all, yeah, on this TV show. Yeah, but on, it's funny, like, yeah, anyway. But besides that, what I want to say, again, I don't I don't know really what's Prudepin's deal. Was there some part of his personality? It's like an act. I don't know what he believes in. Or is it all just to be famous? I don't know. But what impressed me is that he definitely, like, really well-read for a sort of like country bumpkin, bumpkin he presents himself to be. You know, like, um, yeah. he presents as this, like, just a man who's like, was like a cop, and his friends, like, all went to war. I think he was, did he go to Afga- Afghanistan or something like this? Yeah. Or later war. He basically is like this kind of, just like a, ma- himself, like a guy. Yeah. Yeah. But then he's actually really almost like a feminine and, like, clearly read a lot. And he loves this writer that he even, like, personally pushed to republish that I love too. And that's what I was like, what? Uh, Marin Goff. Mm. And he would um, basically, because he's a slightly, not forgotten, but he's considered like B or C yeah. level in Russian 20th century literature. 
and he pushed like his books to get republished and um, he would write I think a forward to them and he would even write yeah. his own book about his relationship with his um, um, basically with his books with yeah. the Marian Gov's books and I was just I mean, I, I don't know. I was kind of surprised. I remember that. That's all. Yeah. yeah. And my point is that he clearly, I mean, I don't think, what is this for? He's just his interest. So I kind of started doubting the veracity of certain other image of him being a super tough guy. Yes. Sort of out there, just like. And, and that's <laughs> what kind the of the amount of, like, actually, right, he, before he, he, right before he died, he wrote this thing. Right kind before Lamont died, and, yeah, and like saying that right basically right before Lamont died, right before Lamont died, because because yeah, Zahar Perlepin is still alive. Uh, right before Lamont died, he wrote this short post, basically saying that you know he believes that uh, yeah, um, Perlepin is basically he's not a he's not a political guy. He's basically just an influencer, like an internet influencer, and that's all he cares about. Yeah. yeah, an opportunist, and like and he sketched sketched some instances like when they are, he was supposedly fighting in the Donbass war uh, in, in before this war in in, in, in you know after the Crimea was taken 2014, in 2014 yeah. that he would actually wouldn't like he wasn't on the front lines ever he was in the back lines but then when the camera crew came he would like jump into the into the trench and pretend like he was living there and like you know would like give an interview from the trenches and so and Lamont you know as he is always kind of nasty about you know people's sort of like body parts and like the way that they look he's always just saying that he's like got like a kind of a thick you know thick jowls and like really like kind of fat 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 thighs and that he is actually kind of this like pudgy soft kind of person you know and that he but he makes himself out to be this really tough guy he was really focused reality, on his that, uh, fat thighs which is interesting I, I, I don't disagree I know because actually I, I, I gotta be honest I've like I've kind of I've no, I don't like it's not like I think about it but I I, I immediately like said yeah I, I did like notice that he's got kind of you know how some some men have like almost like feminine, feminine shapely, kind of, shapely right? kind of thighs and and almost like hip have like hips because the butt kind of sticks out mm-hmm, a little bit mm-hmm. he has that you know which means I guess it's just a body type it's nothing anything but it is a an effeminate kind of thing, right? Interesting. And so Lamont immediately zeroed in on that <laughs> uh, because he's supposed to be this man with like all these kids, the wife who sits at home. He propagandizes, you know, Orthodox Christianity, uh, you know, not... not. I, I'm, I, I, but you I, can't have fat thighs and be Orthodox Christian. It's not like a... You can, you but, like, but I'm saying, but as an image, you know, anyway, yeah. I, I, of course you can, you can be anything you want to be, but... Lamanov is funny in that way. He always like chooses the weak. The, the, he he sees the weak link, you know, and like things that make you look bad. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So he's an interesting character. So he's gotten this. He went from like this trajectory from being kind of like part of the liberal opposition world, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Uh, liberal establishment. Liberal I would establishment. Say. Yeah, you're right. Because I mean, to have he was okay before the transition. I don't know. Is anyone anyone interested in this? Maybe not. But before the transition into this fully like nationalists of. I would say pseudo-Russian Orthodox circles and that TV channel which is Tsarigrad yeah. he actually also had a talk show on Dorst TV Rain that's right and TV Rain is like the ultimately liberal opposition yes. uh, news station that's been banned right when the war started maybe even within a week or two yes. uh, everyone from that station had to run away I think to Netherlands and then somewhere else so my point is that, that and then he they was, had a lot yeah. yeah but either way he was with the other wing he yes. was more like with Navalny I guess yes, um, they were, they and were then together. for yes. some reason this happened I don't know it's funny like because my aunt 
she n- knows him yeah years ago she would say he's doing this family stuff because he has four kids and needs money yeah it was kind of interesting she was like very matter of fact about it he's like oh but he has four kids and i'm like well yeah from what i know yeah maybe your the literary, literary pursuits that she clearly had he had a few more books yes. than that but you know like in russia actually unless you're like maybe sarokin level or like very few people actually really make a living yeah. and okay living through just books it's a different thing i think it's almost easier in america i don't know it's yeah. like a, copyright is not good yeah. it's just it's just not as lucrative so yeah it always i had question how you even do that you so yeah. you, you're a writer yeah you do something else and maybe you are with this uh, basically funded by kremlin to run um yeah. family uh, values propaganda thing i'm not like totally surprised because because ultimately uh, uh, a lot of liberals don't disagree with that you know like a lot of a lot of you know again it doesn't like it's, it, no that's, uh, i'm yeah. not saying yeah. he was hypocritical yes. i don't think he was yeah but he ultimately went it's just interesting the trajectory that he went from like you know into the the sort of the more like nationalist and kind of pro-government you mm-hmm. know direction and then you know people from the world that he started in actually well it, it tracks with what happened to uh, the the not the you know a lot of the other national bolsheviks you know the lomanov's party they all kind of a lot of them went in that direction i mean mm-hmm. i'd say most of them went in that direction now that they right. are going that they went into the nationalist pro-government direction you know specifically after the 2014 uh, you know conflict in ukraine and uh, that like they they went like in a way putin and the government kind of co-opted their sort of nationalist ideas right uh, but but, mm-hmm. but they didn't reject that they went along with that with that cooptation right and so yeah and so celebrated it even and so he kind of went in the nuts ball trajectory ultimately uh whereas like someone like navalny could have gone in that direction too because he was in that world as well in the sort of white nationalist russia for russians kind of world but he went into a, an oppositional direction right into a kind of more pro-western direction uh western liberal direction So it's just interesting to see how they like diverge, you know, because yeah. they're like actually part of the same, originally mm-hmm. out of the same milieu they came out of, the milieu. And even like until recently, uh, I was just trying to remember, like Prilepin was not fully like this um, totally uncool Kremlin guy. It was okay, nationalist, family values, whatever. Not that untypical for Russia, actually. Um, no. But also he was kind of like, hip i'm trying to remember 2014 he even was singing and in the music video with this rapper uh who's a contrarian rapper i guess sort of oppositional but like basically not liberal yeah husky husky He's a yeah. young guy remember uh paravali tech to govorit paravali yes you don't yes, remember i remember that, that. he was he, basically prelepin was like doing like rap you know it's it's not like america where you have to do one thing you know yes. like whether you are a serious tv presenter or you're like a, a political activist or you're a journalist or a, you can be whatever russia so, is a lot more interesting in that just sense open. Yes. so he did that and it was kind of my, my point is even then that. yes he was supporting the crimea thing but so did many people yes. it's not clear if navalny didn't navalny would never navalny would not again go against it essentially he said well my it's- point is that because it's just like easy now to equate it all but no even in 2014 yeah. like basically until very recently it wasn't like obvious it's sort no. of he was part of this faux avant-garde thing where yes. they like not seems like totally pro power i don't know but like anti-liberal i guess yeah yeah so i don't know i was i think until recently i wasn't as disgusted basically i mean i was i remember when we we were in moscow um 
Um, remember when my book was published in Moscow, uh, Surveillance Valley, uh, Internet Kakaruja, the translation, and we and I, oh, the publisher had an office in sort of the Telegraph, the mm -hmm. Telegraph building, yeah. uh, which is actually right by the Kremlin on yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Tverskoy, Tverskoy, and like there was like a there was like a kind of a shared office space, and on that same floor in that same building was Tsargrad, which mm -hmm. is that sort of Russian Orthodox oligarch channel where. Um, Prilepin was a host and like I went down like the, the quarters they just showed me the, the space just to kind of laugh because they're like laughing that they're next door to this <laughs> Russian Orthodox these kind of like hip Russian kind of kids are next door to, to, yeah. to these Russian Orthodox weirdos I wonder weirdos. why they're there just but, it's the building yeah. they were renting space there yeah. and so there's like these giant there's these giant photos of a Dugin you know like uh, in the studio and then Prilepin in the studio oh, so like there. just I'm walking down the street I'm like Jesus Christ this is like a guy that I kind of I kind of read his novel I thought it was pretty good I thought it was kind of yeah, interesting yeah but you know didn't yeah. you think I don't know for me Sargrad it was kind of like oh yeah okay of course I disagree but I always thought it's like almost I mean it's sad to say now after the war obviously I don't think that anymore but it's almost like a kind of almost like funny and fun avant-garde yes. art project I mean I have to be honest I was like yeah okay yeah they're Russian Orthodox and there's even that famous um, former like party girl Valeria Guy Germanica had a show there would, would <laughs> wear a hat, hat scarf like Russian a re, re, like, way. A, like a, a recovered slut basically like like <laughs> yeah, what <laughs> but it, yeah she's like married many kids blah, blah blah but my point is that and, and Russian practicing Russian Orthodox but overall when I saw it it was like kind of cool like I don't I mean it was interesting no, right. but interesting in terms of like, the, I, I, now I know, okay, yeah, they're they evil. They weren't doing, for them it wasn't an avant-garde thing, was it? Yeah, but from, from I don't think so. Now I think I think it's all real. No, yes. it's not avant-garde. Yeah. But for me, from outside, I didn't like liberal aesthetic anyway, or liberal, even like Rush, specifically Russian liberal, which is still their very traditional right wing. Actually, assholes, not that different from Putin as I see it. Yes. So that kind of thing was at least aesthetically interesting to me. That's all I want to say. Not anymore. I got you. I mean, it's, it is still interesting. I mean, just you just know that it isn't isn't like frivolous. Basically, there's actually something deep. Something deep. Yeah, I, I didn't take it seriously. I still do think it is interesting because it it, it actually there's like you know it's a it's a, a it is a a new direction at least or like yeah. a, a, or like new? a more on a, well a new old right it's so it's like 19th it's like, century it's, it's like What's it's like actually it's it? taking the, it's taking itself actually seriously and trying to go back to before the revolution right? yeah for real so it's i think this is actually pretty good no, this is a good segue because i like the you know talking about this trajectory in sort of you know russian politics which is towards traditionalism and trying to like return back to some like you know uh bygone era where traditional values ruled and where you know, the men and women had their place and were happy in their place, right? Yeah. It's a good segue into into our next segment, which is we kind of want to talk about Mary Harrington and this new book that this book that she wrote called uh, "Reaction: Feminism Against Progress." Feminism against progress. That's right. And she's I don't know. She's like been kind of <laughs> making the rounds a little bit, you know, on some 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 podcasts and stuff. Um, well, I have to be honest. I just tuned into Red her being on Red Scare, and I'm like. Um, you just uh, you're not like radical or what she calls herself reactionary feminists you're, you're just, just reactionary you're just, you're just reactionary also you sound like autistic and like robotic yes and also on top of it like when I looked her up I'm like she kind of looks trans too yeah for a trans person very transphobic she's very anti-trans but yeah she does look like she could be a, a trans woman, uh, woman yeah Mm -hmm. Anyway, but that's besides the point. That's just a little bit I heard of it, and it, then I started uh, yeah. reading the book. I read, I read the book, so I, I, it's not I, like I I'm, read the book too. 
Yeah, and it's funny because, yeah, speaking of Russian, all we're kind of discussing now, I mean, she kind of kind of wants what they want yes it looks like she wants what they want because ultimately i don't know what she thinks of or america the america the conservative or reactionary whatever they call themselves americans think rushes but it's like kind of like that because like it seems like what they're proposing they don't like want to take uh women's voting right away or their uh, uh, ability to own property you know it's not like they don't want to roll back all the way no i, I read which yeah they don't want to roll back all the way yes but they want to <laughs> roll back enough and honestly like this whole well let's like maybe jumping too forward she would have the whole like maybe chapter or two on how the pill changed women I'm like you know like most people in Russia are not on the pill <laughs> it's like you would love that yeah so anyway they just when get abortions I, they just get abortions <laughs> but anyway but my point is like I, re- I, I read her and not only doesn't sound very forward thinking or interesting it sounds boring as hell and yes. also something very familiar like basically not a step like not anything like you ima- talk um, uh, she's actually is against utopia it's not something very imaginative or interesting yeah. it's like no, no not nothing at all i mean i guess i have to start with not just negative because there's something good in it mm, we talked to actually our previous guest anthony galuzza m- mentioned her yeah um Along with Nina Power, this like I think they both uh, Mary Harrington maybe wrote for Compta- Compact magazine as well. Basically, there's this like um, Louis Perry is like that too. I guess there are like this, some intellectual women yes. who were originally I guess kind of liberal, and then they newly found themselves to be leaning. I don't know what do you call it because they don't they're not conservative yeah. they're I guess post left Anthony calls it right post yeah post liberal yeah it's I mean it's post interesting because I don't know if Mary Harrison was ever left I, so it's I'm hard not, to I, yes, no yes. but she describes it as liberal but my point yeah. is that there's something interesting in it because basically they trying to assess the sexual revolution uh, because it's been over fifty years in the making and they try to kind of honestly look at the outcomes of it and how it affected women's lives and whether all of it was that good or is good and whether maybe some of the things that everyone used to think and they themselves say we used to think it's like super progressive and like the future maybe it's not Mm -hmm. so I I am I'm definitely for just like talking about it that's for sure so I don't want to like laugh at them and be like a stupid like liberal person even laughing at the idea that they might not be into uh, just promiscuity or anti-pill. It's I'm not yeah. laughing at that. I mean, it, it is interesting because like both. I mean, there's like okay, so uh, so Mary Harrington is like an editor at Unher- Unheard, Unheard, right. which is already like a, just the funniest title because it's like they mean I think Unheard, meaning you know not heard like uh, like listen or like heard you know I heard something, yeah, yeah. but like the herd like like a flock, or like like right. basically like sheep. So it's like to unsheep people, right? So like to stop. Uh, group think I guess to like stop people from being herded like you know like just you know like yeah, like sheep into into ideas and so and it, it is like a it is like a, a fun, started by like a conservative you know uh, like activist and media guy in in the UK so it's like tied to the conservative party in the UK but it's and it's trying to like but it's trying to broaden it so it's not just like have it doesn't just have like you know right wingers or conservatives on there it tries to have, bring in other people who are like you know basically leftists left people who are skeptical of some things of on the left right and like liberals who are like also skeptical or critical of some things uh, you know liberal politics and there's so and it's usually just kind of like for the most part if you read unheard it's like pretty conser- it's just like sort of almost like conservative I don't know. It's not very interesting, but they do publish some interesting stuff. Like, 
um, once in a while I read an interesting article. Like, and I you know, one of the articles that I read recently uh, was by a guy you know who like you know talks about kind of the you know uh, there's like people talk about um, you know in the in the context of sort of transgender um, transgender politics and stuff like that about you know uh, people who want to change their their ge- their genders right so they 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 take hormones and they get mm-hmm. like uh, sort of surgical interventions to kind of conform their 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 physical body with kind of what they see themselves as being right right and but like but then he wrote this pretty interesting article talking about how well actually that happens in not just in the conversions right from from one gender to another but actually within a gender so like like he talks about you know male male bodybuilders for instance Mm -hmm. and how they view their bodies and how they view they want to become more masculine so they have these ideas of masculinity so it's like their hyper gender kind of stuff right like that i that we've talked about in a previous episode i mean that was pretty interesting i never you know you don't ever you very rarely get to read it in any kind of newspaper like an actual you know a pretty intellectual interesting a discussion of it, even interviews with with some bodybuilders about how they view their own gender. So it's like, so there's just the interesting stuff there, you know, um, that I come, I sometimes come across, and and the same thing is true with Compact Mag. Like, um, it's basically a kind of, I think, a analogous project in the United States, which is like tries, to, it's basically tries to bring together like conservative and like I don't know, left wing left wing writers and it, to go beyond like sort of this liberal Post-left, hegemony. Yeah, yeah like. It, it, Compact Nook is actually more explicitly post-left and like post-Marxist or something. I don't even know what the fuck they are. But but ultimately, you get some interesting stuff there. But ultimately, it just skews conservative, you know, and and it just kind of engages well, it in this br- and brings left people into the fold, right? Yeah. And right. And yeah, then, exactly. It just it's like a conservative project to so the left people for are the like disinfected almo- left wing, almost like right. just like token people to to almost like uh, like use this bait or something like that but, but ultimately maybe unheard is the same way because this book and like for instance she quotes I don't know one thing I have to say it's a really poorly written book I'm surprised I have to say like even if there are some arguments that are interesting I like certain terms I guess she coins like cyber theocracy or meet lego gnosticism calling like yeah. or, like the basically her ideas about I guess her own thoughts about the industrial society and uh, the fact that she talks I don't know if she coined it totalitarian sexual industrial complex I don't know they're like f- funny kind of things maybe even unintentional but either way but she, it's she, uh, who's her editor? It's barely readable. Well, and it's the, so I, confused. You can't rewrite. I mean, you, an editor can only do so much. You can't rewrite a person fully. And she yeah, just it's very she's a dry. She's uh, no, no, no. It's I don't care. Dry. It's inc- it just incomprehensible. Most yes, because she just all she does is just throw st- statistics and the quotes and like it's like a pile on of all these like of numbers we, and barely there. And like, yeah. yeah, and it's and and, it's, and also the arguments sometimes even with one chapter repeat themselves, going in circles and circles without saying yeah. anything and saying too much at the same time yeah. and using too many words to say nothing. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I don't have to pander to Mary Harrington. So it's like a really it's a shitty, book. horribly. Written book but yes. and i'm particularly upset because i took time to read it yes. okay and uh so since i did read it and <laughs> notes, i'm gonna talk about it but to but i <laughs> despite all this i wanted to say something positive so i like the idea that someone out there is thinking about how the um, industrial society with uh, certain inventions and technological solutions to supposedly all our problems yeah like might have or is failing let's say she specifically thinks about women yeah women and why not talk about it? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And maybe some things don't need to be looked at as a progress, as unapologetically good, uh, un- I mean, unquestionably good. And it's interesting to look at actually how it affects 
your life and now there have been a few generation to, generations of that, I guess, to sort of investigate. Mm -hmm. Because it looks like what she means with this book is like for young women to read it who are not totally lost yet <laughs> yeah. to all this. That, but, that's her agenda. Women have been brainwashed by the libs, right? Yeah, who can uh, stop sledding around and just get married at 22. And it's too that's, late. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> <laughs> really? And that just did do their thing. And to that, I want to say... It looks like, because she has a whole chapter on, on her sort of ideal of a coupledom and how things should be run and how households should be. It looks like we're the paragon of, of that. Yes. Right? And she quotes very few people who she met who kind of have that life. And I'm like, dude, you should talk to us. Yeah, we'd like we'd shit on you because you're just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Dude, but, yeah, but you should talk to us because one of the things she proposes, she doesn't try to... At first, I was like not fully you know, understanding what she says she wants like women to do. She's not proposing the housewifery per se. Like she's not, she's not just saying, she's okay. She's against that actually. She's, she's against, against the housewife. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's not saying housewife is good. Just a woman who sits at home and like uh, cleans curtains and makes dinner. No, she thinks a woman should have some sort of like um, vocation almost, but that doesn't take her away from her kids the way industrial society forces her to if, yes. she, if she works, which most women in the Western societies do. But she should be close enough to her kids for the to not need daycare and all this like uh, yeah. basically foreign people around your kids and at the same time she should be able to do something which yeah. then it has to be not too uh, t what are t taxing it can't be too taxing well, it's compatible with like because uh, with the limits of physical limits of being uh, a mother sort of fe female but also female because she's also like says that women are you know weaker than men uh, and that have like limitations. But also mother just had and, to and be able to watch kids yeah. and motherhood. And yeah. uh, her examples, <laughs> her examples are like this young couple. Because I know people do do that. Whatever they don't want to like, let's say, live in a big city and go to some like work in PR. They like move somewhere like rural. And she says there's some young couple in their early twenties, already married. And uh, the woman, uh, young woman, is smart not to fall for this like feminism stuff and like <laughs> finding herself before she settles down. But Instead, she chooses family, and maybe she already has a kid or something. And uh, they have a carpentry business with her husband, meaning that they actually both work. It's just different uh, carpentry stuff. Like a woman, maybe not as strong to do certain things, but yeah. can do other things. And in this way, that in my long-winded way to say that she kind of advocates in a way. I'm trying to understand equality between sexes yes. through. E equal sort of equal depends on your whatever yes. gender and strength work and participation at least in the uh, um, family budget in a way uh, that yeah and and this kind of partnership well yeah That's because because wants. her ideal um, her ideal relationship right uh, is basically a medieval peasant relationship like basically yes, pre-industrial pre-industrial yeah, before factories started like to, you know taking people out of the homes and ripping kind of mothers away from their children for long yeah, periods yeah, of time yeah um, and, and then like she kind of traces a line from that which is pretty interesting you know I don't think it's unique what she's saying here no um, traces a line from that to like basically you know further industrialization and then you know with the modern world in the, in the modern world it's sort of like the husband goes to the office or goes to the factory and the mother stays alone with the kids you know in the house and like doing and nothing but the house chores. and she's miserable and, and like and, and you know and you know she's on Valium or whatever and like so she traces kind of like you know, the, so we were taken out for in her in her view, like 
it, it was all great until you know the factory began and so it was great you stay in the home you basically the economic center of activity is in the home right so you're spinning your own clothes in the home mm-hmm. you're like you know taking care of the sheep or whatever like milking the cows you know the husband is like out there you know maybe you know whatever like you know doing the more arduous arduous sort of uh, labor in the field in the fields right but ultimately you have a uh, everything is centered in the house or around the house and you have like you you sort of separate out the uh, responsibilities yeah uh, and there's in, female in, responsibilities, in a more equal right? manner uh, but like but like but it's all based on the marriage right, right. And it's based on the home and it's based on like nuclear it, family. It's basically she has like she's she basically a nuclear family um, medieval peasant. <laughs> right, right. That's her which, like, <laughs> which is like if it can work, it's not too bad. Like and that's kind of what we have in a way. <laughs> yes, I'm like okay. <laughs> hey Mary, hit me that's up. That's kind of what we have. <laughs> hit yeah. me up. We're like married, married. <laughs> you know, like we're married. We have a uh, document. <laughs> we have a document. It's like we're not just like together and like because we trust in each other. We're married. We get tax benefits from that. For, you know, uh, we have a child pretty recently uh, and uh, you know as you're listening to this podcast this is our economic activity you know so we're, this is this is it we're like and we're so we, and we do have and we do have um, some separation of what we do so right like you do some aspects you know involved with the podcast <laughs> I do other aspects involved with yeah. this digital business yes. uh, and ultimately it works and it's all in the house too <laughs> we never leave the house <laughs> never <laughs> <laughs> and that's great that's, that's like been great that's, right? yeah it's been great for our relationship Wait, it's been I re- amazing yeah. I recommend to everyone <laughs> everyone should have a podcast and you should have a podcast only with your wife you cannot have a podcast with a friend because that takes you out of the household and that separates you from your family and it leaves your wife who doesn't have a podcast at home feeling bitter and also probably you know um, like uh, like disempowered right <laughs> disempowered because right? because she's not part of like you're out there with your like male or you know like let's say I have I know podcasters and they leave their wives at home while they're podcasting yep and I'll say this maybe that's not good for their for, for their wives you know I mean I'll, I'll just say this I mean you know I, wait so gosh <laughs> so are you doing this for me I'm doing this for our, for our family <laughs> I mean, here, here's, right. That's uh, another thing she talks about. It's now me. Me doesn't exist. Individual doesn't exist, is yeah, bullshit. Yeah. It's all about. She calls Why something is, like small yeah. common. It's the a commons. commons. The it's commons. Like the the li- family is a commons. The, it's just commons. No, no. But her thing is, she's fucking. She, uh, her whole thing is, she's fixated on marriage. Like marriage yeah. to her. I mean, this is where like her kind of like in more interesting critiques of industrial civilization and, they and fall apart and like <laughs> she does these early things there's like well you know it's actually kind of fucked up look this is what well, this is what industrialization did to the to to sort of individual autonomy and female autonomy right and female sort of um, right they sort of ripped these kind of more traditional units apart it forced you into factory into the office into the, and it you know created also this sort of technological layer to kind of help you manage you know this kind of world or deal with it but it's ultimately is working against us I kind of get it I'm like yes that's like the part of the criticism that you agree with I agree that I agree with and we've had a bunch of guests on here that talked about this in a much more interesting way you know we've had we had Rid Wildermuth you know, on here, and we've had, uh, you know, we've had Joe Costello on here. We've had. Um, but Reed is married, actually. I'm thinking. Reed is married, yes. And uh, he never leaves the house, so uh, maybe, uh, maybe. Anyway, maybe so Mary just, would just listen, but but like, but but, and so like you kind of like, oh, this okay, that's interesting. So this is where like the kind of left critique. Well, this is where of the post left, right? This is sort of the left part, I guess, of this post left world, where like you're critiquing 
capitalism the industrial society. and you critiquing industrial civilization, right? But then what happens is she like her solutions are where it fucking becomes just kind of ridiculous and almost like, like comical. it's comic. It's like you almost like a parody or something of a, of, a, of a person because her solution to the problem of industrial civilization is to basically be an influencer on the fucking internet, you know, but being an influencer with your, like with your, you know, with the person that you're married. And so the marriage is like key. The marriage is the bedrock of bringing like uh, sort of autonomy and 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 um, equal rights in a natural way to women. Look at us. But like, but then, but the, but the examples that she brings up, exactly, it's like our example. So like the other one, she, there's like a carpentry business. Okay, so they have a carpentry business. Okay, so they're like boutique carpenters or something they do. The other one's like, well, and there's, there's another one, like a, a family, a, a couple that like moved to some like, basically a poor country, like, or, uh, you know, where they can be like, live pretty well in a rich way. We they consider from that either America, Either yeah. Americans or, or British people, I don't remember. But they moved to like, somewhere in, La- in South America and they like, started a permaculture farm. But they're like, basically influencers. And so, so, so your, your whole, your whole fucking, you know, like you're, you're trying to fight industrial civilization and like the, the eroding effects of the technology has had on, uh, female autonomy but your whole like the, the the thing you hold up as like an example one of the few that she provides because she doesn't provide very no. many uh, is but because she says they don't inf- exist is an influence is like basically a colonizer influencer couple yeah. living in a, on a farm in the tropics and like living a, the perfect life in, mm-hmm. in, in making money off Instagram look but it's not surpri- it's not surprising to me you know why how this ridiculous is because ultimately the entire book um, the, the, the entire premise if you even want to take it seriously is that she is a middle or upper middle class Oxford educated person who grew up around basically Waldorf schools or in Waldorf school around yeah. the Steiner ideology and who throughout her 20s and part of her 30s kind of was fully she said in some like kink <laughs> <laughs> She's the. <laughs> That's when I started laughing. <laughs> she was into kink. Yes. And she doesn't but, explain it, unfortunately. No, because she said she's thinking, too embarrassed. Kind of and she like do it was doing something everything. Did she, <laughs> do you think? Do you think she was into like some kind of like deep S and M shit? Like I don't know. Like she was like she a she was she like was, a uh, like a dog on a chain or something like know. like you know like what do you think? But she was like polyamorous. <laughs> I could see her doing that. Polyamorous and all. She was basically doing all the things, and also all her references <laughs> is very like online. She admits to being online for over 20 years or something and that shows me like a certain class and it seems like for still majority of people even in america (laughs) even with feminism and the pill and blah blah blah, all this stuff that exists this is actually not the life so already to begin with i don't mind it sort of like speaks to me to some degree but it's like very thin layer of society to whom her way of thinking even yeah. relevant because let's say the working class women have kids maybe early even look around here even like latin people yeah uh, um, what do you call it? like yeah like, latin latinx people? latinx people <laughs> around san francisco have both seemed like they have to work basically the, non-anglo-americans no, yeah women yes. is, seem to have to work because of the money and they also have kids yeah i'm like not a question so my point is it's and just also, it's and, for also and also, they are frequently. Uh, look, I, I, I'm an immigrant, you know. Also from basically a country that is not like, yeah, like from the same country that you're from. Uh, uh, that it doesn't have this sort of individualist or didn't have this individualist ideology. It was actually much more communal through a culture, but also just through the the kind, mm-hmm. kind of economic situation that we were in. You know, that like you, I grew up in a multi generational household. You know. With like you know grandparents living there and my parents living there, yeah, my, my grandfather in, in, lived in, yeah, in one fucking tiny little apartment. So we, like, 
and you know even here my parents moved here and they brought their other culture with them which is that there's very communal it's not like the the the, the, the type of person that she de- describes is a or, very or, yeah. describes and appeals to and appeals very to. specific yes no yeah. i'm not saying they don't exist i just want to like exist. hey lady look around it's like what you're saying is like not even relevant to 85 percent of people I but, he, but, yeah, but even then, yeah she even simplifies the, the, that class of people she even kind of does like a, a almost even like a parody version of those like she she like projects her own kind of like you know she so she she does this for rhetorical purposes yeah, yeah. to build an argument so then she can sort of argue against it but she but yeah so she's like thinks you know like as if like nobody wants no as if women no women now want children at all no and also she yeah. makes this argument that was uh, when I started laughing at the kink and what was she actually really doing was she, was she been a dog on a leash I yeah. don't know it's a basement I don't know but ultimately she kind of really paints this like um, existence of a existence of a young um, like I guess financially independent a working woman who kind of like has different boyfriends or doesn't have a husband when she's super young as ultimately so horrible <laughs> so sad yeah. no like there's nothing in there at all it's always something abusive it's be- like and I'm reading about this well actually I think lady you're sick yeah. like I'm not saying your experience is not valid that's your experience yeah. but like people who didn't marry when they were like in their early 20s are okay like yeah. I, I mean I, not everyone regret the fact that they have some stable partner or kids by mid 30s and their whole previous life was like a horrible black hole it was just a shame they, and they embarrassment were, they, were, they, were, they were just like hooking up and sucking dicks and things yeah. like that like it's just like I mean yes. first of all the fact that she implies <laughs> this is now I have to say the fact that she implies this is what's happening if you're not married by 22 is pretty sickening to begin that with that you're gonna have the PTSD from all the penises you've seen no, basically or, or what it, yeah, or there's something horrible happens to you all the time. Ah, like, and like I the think, actual. What, you mean the yes, no, right, not the penis. You mean like, sorry, but, uh, <laughs> not the penis. Okay, that's so. I, what I mean is that she, what you're saying is that she. That's right, because I remember reading this, like getting that, which is she thinks that like actually the the that kind of life, like being a young woman who is financially independent, who is like isn't thinking about marriage, isn't thinking mm-hmm. about having kids. So she, you go, you kind of go to work, you go out, you like get drunk, you kind of hang out with guys, you... you or you hook, have a boyfriend. you hook up, you have a boyfriend and you but might not like... not a husband. And you might see? break up with one and you get, might get another yeah. one and you might yeah. like just be... That, that, that is an actually an extremely traumatic experience. Oh, for everyone, horrific PTSD, shame, <laughs> like horror. And when I read that, I actually feel for her. I, I, I bet she's genuine. I know I said yeah. bad things, but I bet she's genuine. But what <laughs> made me think, she actually has undiagnosed autism. Because one of the things I learned, now I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean or funny. One of the things I learned, there are like certain people who actually cannot engage in any, like kind of like, who don't read social cues at all yes. and actually find themselves in like really weird situations that other people in a similar environment meaning like yeah. like not married <laughs> yeah. and maybe uh, having a drink at a bar do not find themselves in these yes. situations on average and she seems based on also just her tone of voice and you know what little thing yes. what I gleaned from her she seems she might be really on the spectrum and yes maybe people took advantage of her maybe she can't read social cues at all yes. and she needs a husband who holds her hand in like I don't do you know? yeah, she has like very clear boundaries about what the relationship is and yes, like, and yes. like yes, because that's what kind of she wants I mean you can tell yes but my point yes. is I'm reading it differently I'm not trying this one I'm slightly laughing but also when I think of her 
just of her, I kind of sympathize because I'm thinking, well, maybe it is your experience. Don't extrapolate. I think you're maybe on the spectrum. If you're the woman who can't read any social cues and fall prey to all kinds of situations where you're like independent and and young, that's like not every woman's experience. Yes. And, you know, coming from Russia where women kind of hold their own to some degree, but at the same time can be pretty promiscuous. Yes. Willingly. I'm like, this is not... I mean, can be or cannot, like, depends, like, they kind depends of... Depends on the person. Depends yeah. on the person, either way. But, like, your experience is not universal, and it sounds like you're autistic. I've, yes. I've been serious. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it sounds like you actually have a very particular person, like, experience, yeah, with, with, with that world. Which has been kind of independent I'm, actor. And it actor. actually then explains, in a way, her politics, right? Because if she's freaked out by the uncertainty of, like, of unstructured life, you know, um, more unstructured and and how uh, you navigate and how you navigate kind of relationship with people who don't systems. owe you anything yeah. and yes. you don't owe them anything either. And it is, it is, and it is like it's I, confusing, I, right? It is confusing in that kind of like urban world, you know, like where you, you know where uh, she's in, like I guess she's in London and all this stuff. Like, like is can be frightening because I mean a small town with like you know. The one guy that you can marry, basically, you know, like it's like you know the guy that you're gonna marry from the time that you're like five because there's no other guys in the village, you know, around your age, you know, like that. It is like there's like a quite like you know that's then, a drastic change. And then yeah. you're like, well, you know, and then I'm just gonna move in into his house, you know, is and then I'm just gonna like in the morning yeah. I like I'm it's my job to fire up the wood, you know, like I I, I he 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 chops the he chops the the, the wood because he's a strong man. I'm like a, he's taking care of the children in the in the in the house. I'm, it's my job to kindle the fire. Look, but that can pot. be beautiful. But my advice to her, <laughs> no, why good. even left your town? No, no, it's good. I mean, but, but it, <laughs> I mean, I, I get why she like romanticizes that kind of simplicity. Because if she, if she is, if you, because I, I agree, her book does give off like spectrum, pretty high on the spectrum kind of does, vibes. Does, you see, you see, and I'm even, not, I'm even, not being, even when you yeah. l- listen to her, I mean, look, this is not, and I just want to make a, like a kind of, a, you know, a, Make sure people know, like, uh, there's nothing, and this is nothing against people on the spectrum because, well, I, I think mean, I'm on the spectrum. You're on myself. the spectrum. I'm like, well, I like, I don't even know where the hell I am on the spectrum. I have like clearly uh, dyslexia, and I have ADHD. You know, in like, short, we're different and you're atypical. So, we're, so yeah. when I talk about it, it's not been ableist. I actually myself. Yeah, no, we're, t- we're speaking here from a from a perspective of understanding, or rather, yeah, than, rather yeah, yeah. than like rather than mockery. Um, no, but, but but it is important. But I don't want like a person on the spectrum writing almost like um, uh, what do you call it, like political manifesto. Uh, that should apply to all people. That's just weird. Yeah, I mean, I mean, also critical politically. It's just, I mean, because she, she goes into into a very strange place politically. I mean, it's pretty clear. I mean, th- uh, let me just back up one thing because, like, this book has like there's certain tropes that it uses, like mm-hmm. sort of rhetorical tropes that like put it very clearly in, in in a very particular genre. The genre is I was once like a left person. I was once a person on you know. Uh, and now I and I know everything about that world, and this is why I reject it. And, and yeah. so and so throughout the book, she kind of makes these. You know, she she has to like kind of build up her build up her credibility as like as like a hardcore liberal feminist. You know, who was like fell deep, deep, deep into the liberal world. I mean, she kink. talks like that, like meaning that yeah, like she was into kink. She like went out and had multiple partners. Even I think she had like non-binary partners. Maybe someone who's a transgender. Ooh, I, I didn't see that. that. Maybe I, maybe I'm making that up. Maybe I missed anyway, that. Anyway, but that's basically the kind of the kind of uh, 
the kind of like she and she has to kind of keep repeating it and so she, it's, so that's where she starts from and so when where she goes i mean you you kind of like you know like a reactionary feminist right or like feminist against progress it's pretty interesting to think well where are you where are you going to go if you are a feminist and you're against progress where do you go and she goes to just the, the most banal like sort of traditionalist you know or like kind of squishy traditionalism basically you know like like there's nothing interesting there so she sets these things up but, and she makes these arguments that are basically meant to appeal to conservative readers I, I, right. I guess or, or people who are religious maybe you know but it's but, confused because as she quotes um, Ivan Ilyich right this sort of fairly radical definitely but left he was a wing. Catholic he was a Catholic priest uh, he was a Catholic priest right so left. actually I mean I mean it doesn't actually I mean the you can be conservative I mean where she goes is actually not interesting. I mean, Ivan Leach is actually a pretty weird and interesting guy. I mean, I, I mean, I read him and I'm like, whoa, man, you're going way too far, right? I mean, because she goes into a very squishy, predictable direction. He says we should abolish doctors in general. Like there it's should be no doctors. Intense, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's pretty radical. Like, like she doesn't argue for that. She no. goes for this. Oh well, you know that kind of world, that liberal world, is like it, it's not working for women because it's sort of estranging them. From their from themselves and their bodies and sort of embodied life in the Wait, home it takes technology too far and you go back to like basically we all should live in a in a house and and the main technology that we should use is marriage the marriage is the thing that is like will make women whole <laughs> wait what about that we didn't even address it because uh, she's basically saying down with the big romance yes. the marriage that's based only on partnership and respect I guess respect based on just the labor Jesus, put in yeah. and it doesn't even matter who that is take any guy and what's important that he will show up <laughs> at the hospital and can shoot an intruder or something like that I'm like okay um, she's she a very, yeah, okay. tr- very transactional I- idea of what is like a human relationship between the, like between, yeah. between a man and a woman but you, you know? see what I, what I mean by yes. a, a spectrum because yes. the spectrum makes you a bit like stunted emotionally or can Yes. Not always. I, mean, I don't want to generalize. And so that sounds so weird. Or just you, like, there's very per- rigid parameters that yeah. she has. And she thinks yeah. that, like, because this freedom is actually, what you need is constraint, right? Yeah. And, and the marriage gives you this constraint. And, and this idea that there's a romance actually sets you up for exploitation and... Uh, and um, no, and for and, failure. And failure. Because you can't keep it up. Romance is yeah. kind of, like, elusive, right? Yeah. And so what you need is something that's more durable. And it's like this, you, and you need, this is, and you, so you need, I mean, you need you to work really, together. You have to work together, basically. Yeah, you have, you have to saying. work together, but also it has to be like, there's a transaction. It's like, you need a person. I mean, she, she, she writes this and she has written this in other places that I've actually like wrote essays, an, artic, yeah. an, an essay, an article that she, I first encountered an article she wrote, maybe as part of promoting the book or whatever, like that. <laughs> like, yeah, you have to have a guy who will like, who you know was going to like wipe the vomit like from you know, your mouth when you're sick. Like, and you, I mean, this, this is the kind of thing, like, this is the kind of stability you need. But but then she doesn't explain, like, why... Would he that, do that? Why he would do that. Like, okay, you like can... Like, the ma- fact that you have a husband does not guarantee you. No, husband can, like, you can be married but, and the guy's out, you know, like, yeah. give a shit about you. Or, like, he's watching TV, you're throwing up, and, like, who gives a shit, you know? Like, yeah, so I don't like, understand how that is a guarantee, the contract. Like, it's not it, in the contract. Because it is a very elusive thing, and it's actually, it's, it's um, the problem is kind of... Um, almost like i don't know like religious or something it's like how do you you know like what do you build a relationship on you know a lot of people just build it on you know they like they like each other or they meet because they have like they want to have sex or like they're like lonely and then you kind of like it's like 
layer by layer, like it crews a kind of almost like calcifies like a, right, like a coral yeah. reef or something like a calcifies Crystallization. of like some kind of relationship with each other. You kind of mm-hmm. like don't mind spending time together. And anyway, most people don't spend that much time together anyway, because they go to work, you come back. So you spend like what the evenings together and then the weekends together. And so it's like, and then on the weekends you might have your own interests. You might be hanging out with some of your friends. You might be playing soccer. You might be doing, so it's like the actual amount of time that you're spending together might not but be But it's that. not what she advocates. She, no, she wants you at home. Yes. Yes. Working. Yes. At home, <laughs> around, not, around yeah. the hearth. And, 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 but, but like, but then what is it based on? So it's based about, so you need to find a person she, who shares this idea of like, just, just wants a person there. But it's probably, it probably does exist. But, Not just a the person there who wants to go into the woods and do the But <laughs> no, but okay, but, but just they want a person there. Yeah. Like they, so you, but not everybody wants people, I don't know, it's like what, I mean, people's relationships are built on different things or like. Well, I guess what she's not wrong about, it looks like a lot of people want <laughs> someone who they like there. Yes. Like they want, because think about all the dating apps, all the advice, why certain books are bestsellers, stupid self-help, how to find the right man. I mean, it's clearly on people's minds. So I, I, I think she's not wrong to no. consider that people want someone. Like obviously people loners, want someone, yes. No, 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 not obviously, they're loners. Like I say, my mom is a loner. But loners are not that... Um, like it's not a maybe the most common type. So people want someone. Like I mean, clearly, people, most, a lot of people they want a partner, right? They want a partner, and they want like have a, a partner that they can respect and uh, uh, you know not be annoyed with, like who doesn't like. But she suggests that you can take a partner and you will respect them and not be too annoyed if you because I, I read it closely her arguments. Uh, you want you basically will respect them and won't be too annoyed because you do things together and you have this hurt. Yes. So she kind of reverses the argument. Yes, she, she says like you can put it first. Yeah, like the structure first and the person, unless they're like I don't know, violent, drunk. I don't know. Obviously, there are like things that you can control. They would fit into it because of the structures, yes. right? And she envisions the structure. And I don't. I mean, honestly, I don't know. Clearly something like that did exist for certain people back in the day you know it's almost yes. like peasant pre-industrial or maybe arranged some, marriages yeah maybe some people had it okay yeah I um I mean arranged marriages are, are, are she just she, what she's kind of describing she is an arranged marriage right yeah it yeah. looks like looks like that and arranged marriages can work I actually personally know like Indians who had arranged marriages um, there would be more like closer to my parents age and they can work because ultimately looks like if you do have a person from the social circle that um is fitting for you yeah most likely you can kind of get along yes so it's not like totally wrong and actually the family the indian family i'm referring to one of the brothers married um an english white english woman while he was studying somewhere in oxford instead of you know Yes, he went the into the liberal side. Yeah, Wait. letting letting the mother find the wife. Yes. You know, that's like the Mumbai liberal family, and not happy. I think or had to divorce her. So my point, oh. I just like, know the story through my family, and yes. I'm like, okay, maybe mar- arranged marriages do work. I don't yeah. know. Maybe, that, but that's what she's kind of making the. She won't say it outright, but she's basically making a case for like a, a, a type of arranged marriage, right? Yeah, like, but I think she makes a case for the type of arranged marriage you can arrange yourself, not your mother. But that's, but that's, him, but that's strange because it's hard to arrange yourself an arranged marriage for yourself, you know. I agree. I, I mean, agree. I mean, I think this is kind of what's interesting. But like, in the in maybe in those 
situations, you know, in like in kind of the Indian culture in that kind of world, you know, it does because it is a different culture, right? So it's, there's different expectations. There's different as a person who grows up in a certain culture, you're already primed to like this is what your parents did. This is what like people around you do, and you see that there's a kind of normal. It's that's the normalization of these things. So she wants. So my my whole like what I didn't really understand. Um, it's her. She has a very indiv- for, look. You for, can't. No, just let me finish because it's actually I think like there's like some flaws in her arguments that are pretty deep, like fundamental flaws. She's like an anti-individualist. Yeah. Because she thinks it's all about the structure, this, these relationships, right? And she chooses the, 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 like the nuclear marriage almost as like the key structure, right? Of societal structure to, to, for, the, for like a healthy society, for a healthy like sort of women's like policies. But she also does it from an individualist perspective, right? So, like, so it's like up to you to do it. Mm-hmm. To do these things, to find this person, right? Like, there's yeah, she like, doesn't even mention grandparents or parents as part of the family. There's nothing multi-generational about her approach, which is, seems like a lot of people outside of liberal circles do have. Yes, like including us. And but she also doesn't talk about restru- right. restructuring society in a way that makes this more actual commu- more communal. Right? Well, just makes it actually possible, right? Because you, you you can't just like it's one thing to just. I mean, it is, she's putting the p- putting all the. You know, but what do you mean restructuring society? Well, because it's like when she talks about a medieval peasant society that she sort of holds up as the, as the, an ideal, um, which is funny because she's English, I guess. So she's like, it's mm-hmm. you know, she's like can think back to the golden days of you know of being a peasant and being basically property of, of like <laughs> some king? fucking king and like or some <laughs> some lord that yeah, like yeah. Uh, basically has rights over you, you know. Um, but like because that is it was embedded within a certain. Like structure, not economic structure, right? Like, and also social, political structure. These these relationships, because they were kind of like necessary. Because there, you know, the you fed people fed themselves, people clothed themselves. I mean, mm-hmm. people. It was like everything was done internally in the house. So nothing was sort of outsourced. I mean, I don't know. So there was like a, a, a. It made sense to have these, you know, more. I don't know, like these kinds of relationships. To the extent that they even existed, I mean, I think she's somewhat simple, simplifies and idealizes you know, them. And idealizes right. also she, like you were saying, like she doesn't, she she almost st- strips the relationship down away from all other kind of family members, like the extended family right. unit, because even in those peasant societies, I imagine there was an extended families, not just like mm-hmm. I'm a man or woman and this is our relationship, which is but like extended families that work together she that just somehow doesn't it's not so her she's actually that's yeah. what i'm saying is that her the, the her whole perspective is actually kind of weirdly individual individualistic mm-hmm. right uh it's all about you and and choosing the partner then making kind of a pact almost to commit to this partner in this kind of loveless um <laughs> like grim you know almost like marriage where it's all about just a, a kind of contractual obligation to each other to be together to be a unit it's fucking grim as hell it's actually yeah like, but you see like <laughs> you see what I'm saying when yeah. I constantly say it's, on the spectrum uh, yes and I'll is. just say this like this book will not inspire a single fucking no. young person because there is no joy in it no it is it, is, it approaches like the family life and like as as if as if you're like actually going to a fucking job like <laughs> right it, 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 instead it, instead of the job you instead have of the this. job you're just like yeah, the, you're like committed to your husband 
because you signed a contract but also of the romance yeah. thing is super weird she's like okay she's against oh. the big romance she basically says okay the romance thing was invented by like the books and the certain ideology that was of the romance was needed for this new society to teach women in the ways of like kind of being um, charming and gracious and also and, and to men to believe in this too uh, so that this like economic power that only men had yes. would basically be equalized with this romantic element yes and the your husband would supposedly have romantic interest in you and kind of would ideally also respect you as yes. a person so all this stuff but she says it's all fake it's always invented and Jane Austen invented I'm like she's so wrong first of all Jane Austen satirized a lot of things yes that's like I don't even want to cover that why she even brings Jane Austen into the fold and blaming her for anything that's just <laughs> super weird but that's besides that she's Jane Austen is just funny as hell and it doesn't seem to be like a, a Wait, proponent of anything but isn't Jane Austen also like completely like childless and like yeah she like she wasn't even married or she no, no, no husband. No. like she's like a like a <laughs> no, basically she was a, a, she was a spinster uh, yes yes but anyway but but uh, let's say take so she it was out. anti-marriage yeah no she yeah. just didn't happen uh, yeah, for her yeah. but um but yes, so outside of him and jane austen and all this myth as she says it's super weird basically okay uh, i guess it can equalize you with your husband who has all the economic power but it's also sort of dubious yeah. i guess and basically she says yes it is dubious that's why you need this like open partnership fuck the love there's no pretense you just committed but it's super weird because as you say there's only focus on the individual yes it's still if it's individual and individuals it's all about connecting on individual level yes like meaning like actually it's about your interest or your idiosyncrasies and yes. you like one person other than other and you get along or not get along, not based on the communal thing you do. Let's say we get along not because I wash dishes well yes. and you really can fix the car or something. Yeah. Like or that, she basically proposes that. Yes. But I'm, I'm kind of, I find it weird. <laughs> I think we get along because we can sit on a bench and like laugh at the pigeons or something yeah. for hour for an hour. Yeah. Like is there something actually almost? Um, non-material yes we have material things we have to deal with and they're like problems whatever we, we're dealing with them but this is not the essence of the union yes i know yeah isn't it no, but she completely disregards no that. she disregards it yeah no no it's and she yeah exactly it's, and, it's, and no, no no i that's what i wanted to bring up because i think she mary hit me up like what she focuses on like is that there is like a fake romance thing that she I guess had a like some sort of um, <laughs> sort of delusion about when she was young and then there's the real marriage and the work and, the <laughs> and it's super weird because ultimately yeah there's like romance maybe is like comes and goes it's sort of like um, yeah. fluctuates but her idea of like being anti-romance or post-romance is that basically she negates it completely yes. and negates anything non-material. It's almost as crazy as though it's Marxists. I don't know that I find crazy too, like fully materialistically oriented um, ideologies. And and that's basically that is super weird. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Because ultimately it's weird. She, like, I think you you, you can access actually <laughs> that romance even throughout the years. Yes. Because it's actually good to have it there. Yes, I, I I really cannot interpret it any other way that she's severely on the spectrum. I mean, look, she's <laughs> she like she's basically like advocates for a loveless, like like gray, like partnership 
for the sake of the partnership and like as as like an antidote to loneliness but also as a, but it's a, very a, weird not even bourgeois it looks like okay what is the new okay it seems like a bourgeois marriage right yes. when bourgeois marriage uh, can be exactly like how it was back in the day for I guess certain middle and upper middle like certain classes yeah. sort of arranged and you're okay and you might have kids together and everyone cheats on each other and that's a bourgeois marriage yes but it's not what she advocates no, no cheating no, no cheating no looking around also no sex except for procreation <laughs> She's remember that she always is against. Yeah. She's like she she, but she has the thing. But she also b- b- thinks that um, <laughs> she, the, this is the where she also she has like these weird inconsistencies in her arguments because she's like okay she's against big romance right yeah but she also is a critic of the pill yeah because what it did is destroyed romance now people just have these like they fuck and they and and it's taking the romance out of. Like sex, or do you, do you, do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and so, like, in order to restore a kind of romantic quality to sexual relations between men and women, you need to like have the fear, I guess, and like the threat of being knocked up and having She's like just, some fetishist of pregnancy. And then, so she, so actually, yeah. she has like she actually argues for different things from uh, on like uh, depending on like the topic that she sort of use, you know, that she's addressing, whether it's abortion or not abortion, but she's I guess I don't know if she's against abortion, kind but, she's, of. but yeah. she's against, but she's yeah, yeah she's like, she's against birth control, like for for real. Uh, like there's like a whole fucking like chap- ch- chapter on it basically. Um, she's in she, one of the main arguments is that it's taken yeah it's like it's anti-romantic basically. No, but she thinks it's like the birth control thing, which I don't know. That's I guess last dubious part is like does affect women hormonally and makes li- libido go down and also. But she that's women- good. Because you're not supposed to cheat on anybody, and you're supposed to only have sex for procreation, you know? Yeah, wait, but no procreation. On the but that pill. means so you 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 like you're not having sex okay. on the one the pill because you're like don't want to have sex anyway. That's contradictory. She's like low libido, this, but then where's the promiscuity? Yeah, like and then, so when you get you know, get off the pill, you have sex at one time, and then get right back on yeah, the pill. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I because I'm trying to not trying. I'm just finding all these clues of her spectrum. One of her big arguments, and she finds quotes from some other women who wrote about this, is that the pill like makes if you're on the pill, <laughs> it makes very hard to deny uh, s- uh, sleeping with a man, and women sleep with men if they're on the pill out of politeness. Oh, damn, I gotta use that <laughs> argument in the future. And I'm reading this, I'm like, okay, let's say I'm on a date or something, <laughs> and I'm on the pill, and the guy knows I'm on the pill, and because I'm on the pill, even if I don't like him, I have to sleep with him out of politeness? Are you you're just like this is well, level of that's how she got into being like the dog basically and like oh dressed all in leather in like the basement because she just out of politeness like said oh you want me to like woof and woof like a, like a dog and wear all leather like, that's don't fine don't laugh at yeah. her but there's something yeah. weird and no, I'm I like it. oh it's, I'm okay kind of, yeah. that's sad I don't know that's just sad that's a great argument though I'd be like Look, I mean, what's it what's it to you anyway? Like you're on the pill, like you're spending money on the pill already. Like you what's you, what are you even doing it for? Like let's just let me just like let me just come in there, you know? Just like just I mean, what's it'll take only like a minute, you know? Like we can just go to the bathroom and I'll just like do it real quick, you know? Like it won't even like you can you can, and she's like, you can well, like you can like scroll your phone or something while I do it. It's not a big deal. Like yeah, and she was like, well, I feel like she really needs it. I don't know. I'm kind of on the pill anyway. Like, oh, I guess I'll be polite. She's like, well, it's like, wow, that's a really good argument. Like I don't even have to like I can like check my email and I won't even notice. You know, really, 
Like, because then I'm on the pill anyway. Like, what do I care? No, but isn't that crazy? That's it's, insane. You know, it's actually, it's like, oh wow, that's like, am I letting my like privilege, my pill privilege, like, deny? I'm, I'm denying this man's sex, and that's basically kind of using my pill privilege against him. That's really fucked up of me. You know, like, yeah, that's that's yeah. how like that's insane. She's she's crazy. That, she's I'm cr- sorry, she's this crazy. Is, this is literally insane. And <laughs> I mean, besides that, it's insane. I can only feel for if this is just a sign of like a certain mental. Uh, I don't thing. know. You know, I'll tell you this. It's not an example. Like every um, most writers are fucked up people. You know, just yeah. generally, like the people who choose to write books, especially books like this, who like try to convince a whole generation of women to do something. Mm-hmm. And like think that they have the answer. Are fucking yeah. weird, fucked up people. You know, I mean, I speak from experience. I'm a weird person. I, for some reason, chose to write, you know, stuff for for, for a living, which is even more insane. Uh, so, like, I mean, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, you know, like, yeah, she might be on the spectrum, whatever. Like, who fuck, who the fuck isn't on the spectrum these days? But like, I don't think it's like even. I mean, it's it's a funny, it's a funny, it's a funny observation because it does explain her like really rigid, yeah, really. Um, like the, the, someone who really requires very specific rules <laughs> for engagement. She tries yeah. to be encouraging <laughs> to the women who forgoes the pill. She, she and she quotes like she said, "Yeah, it might be hard to find a partner, like because like they expect the pill." Do they? But that's yeah. I'm just it's insane. But that's because like okay, those ones you don't want them anyway because they want only sex no consequences and then she quotes some young woman who is not on the pill and look that 25 year old woman despite being not on the pill could find a partner and she even recently or is about to get married and I'm reading this this is just like an insane it's just an insane person I've never encountered something I, as insane and um, I don't know I, <laughs> <laughs> so, she, so she wants people to believe that there are women so that, okay I, I'm from a, I'm like actually you know so I'm a guy because like, this is like there's so she's explaining that men out there are out the there the book is for women I yeah, know but they're explaining that there are men out there yep. that are walking around and meet women and yep. they're like first question are you on the pill the answer is no. I'm like I'm out. Yeah. She sa- she says many will be. I'd be but like, it's I'm like okay. whoa 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 like this is some crazy shit. I'm out of here. Like sorry, I'm I'm not gonna be with you. I'm just it's, it's, if you if like let me know when you're back in the when you're on the pill and maybe we can like start this relationship. So you know, we can meet in the bathroom. We can meet in the bathroom and you'll and you'll scroll your phone and I'll just like just kind of you know do my thing just because. <laughs> so, but I mean, this is she's fucking crazy. Yeah, she's crazy. It's, it's she's, insane. That's, she's like reducing these things to like I don't, I don't even know who what. she. I actually don't even think that she's a mother. Actually, now now I question if she's a mom. You know, she's a mother. Because I'll tell you, I'll tell you, her descriptions of being a mom are like non-existent in this in this in this book. Well, no, she says, oh, when I became a mom, I realized I don't want to separate from my daughter, so, and that's I want like to be stay at home. That's like two lines. Are there yeah. other things? No, because I couldn't find them. No, there's only a little bit about how because of her advanced age she had her kid in her late 30s uh, I don't know there was complications and she basically despite being anti-industrial society and all this progress she kind of thanks the um, modern doctors and technology that was there for her not to hemorrhage and not to bleed to death after her complicated C-section or something basically is very confused she's sort of grateful for the technology but then she says no but then she says oh if she reformed early maybe she could have more than one kid but no, that's not that's, true. That's the only thing. But she, before all this, like women would die in labor, you know, fairly often. You know, like I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that's it, what she means. If she was thanks to technology, she didn't die. Yeah, but like, um, but she, if she reformed earlier, like if she was she younger, reformed early, younger, she would have more kids and more maybe satisfying family and, life. and more interventions from the industrial like complex to um, maybe save less. Her. No, maybe less. Oh, okay, she would be younger. Okay. She says, "Do it in your twenties." Got it. Got it. So do it younger. Okay. So. 
in short, I just want to slightly wrap it up. Um, <laughs> just, I mean, it's just insane. I, 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 can't, I actually can't recommend. I, I can only recommend book to someone who has just free time and wants to laugh. Let's <laughs> laugh. I mean, it is. I actually didn't realize how funny it would be. It's like, pretty funny. Unintentionally, like the the, the I'll I'll say I'll because there's there's the there's the man part of it too here because she does give suggestions about like what we need to do. But like, what is it? Well, because like she thinks that also men have been victimized. Yeah. By the sort of liberal kind of feminist world where we have had our spaces taken away from us. What do you do in those spaces? Well, Dixie, maybe I maybe I'm a, I'm actually a victim of this feminist stuff because I um I guess I grew up in in already a anti man environment mm-hmm. because. There were already you no know, like male clubs that I could join, you know. And what do you do there? What's you supposed to? I do? guess you sit around, smoke cigars, and I mean, okay, I know that like for instance, so our, our buddy uh, Alex lives in New Orleans, and I went to uh, to a gym with him. There's a cool gym. I can't remember what it's called, but it's in on the it's in the building of what used to be like one of the oldest men only like gentlemen's clubs. Like a, it was like an right. elite club where men would go okay and like women actually weren't physically not allowed to even go on there that's good what was interesting about the club is, as i as i found out was that there was a hidden passageway to a brothel next door that makes a lot of sense is it what she means well i don't know i mean because i was never privy to that kind of i think she doesn't mean that because she's sort of a prude yes like no, she doesn't mean that like we no she what she means okay she, i'll tell you this I, there's it's actually an uh, she constructs this whole argument it's like this Men are lonely, so there's like a loneliness is like a problem, right? I mean, which is true. Like atomization of, of our societies uh, is is a, is a fact. Uh, people are lonely. People don't have that many friends. Um, and she says that men are Marriage actually is the answer. She says, well, yeah, but men are kind of like actually more likely to be lonely, to have less friends, um, and uh, and so. Uh, you know, a lot of men depend on their marriage for partnership and like to for friendship with their with their with their wives, but also you know using the sort of the the social network of their wives to to kind of to socialize. And so, if men divorce, you know that victimizes them even more because then they're like left alone. And and men are more likely to commit suicide. And all why this does stuff. she say men do not have network and always use the wife's network? Why okay. why she well, uh, said mean, it as a I, default I, thing? I don't know. I mean, she said that's one of the sub arguments because she constructs this like kind of convoluted argument about it all. But like, and one of the things that she says is that like by bringing by f- like in uh, I guess the 20th century. Um, you know, progressively, men's only cl- men only clubs have been, were like dissolved partially because they were seen as like a kind of an unfair advantage to men because that men held all the power and they would like socialize with each other and then th- that would and they but they kept women out and so like if you went to like a kind of a you would socialize with some kind of like I don't know attorneys or you know or let's say in any kind of profession like in in men's only clubs like women were basically oh, kept out. Oh, makes sense. And then once the women entered the profession, they wanted to just it's not even that's se- so like well, there's it, a benefit benefit. But I what guess, it did is it also destroyed these places where men can form bonds with each other. But but men, it's also a bit autistic. Uh, men, if they want, do form bonds with each other, uh, pursue all sorts of activities, whether it's sports or their interest or just work, I don't know, or university. Know. I th- I th- or university, don't they do that? If there are women, if there are women present there, I think her argument is that they are uh, somewhat thwarted. By <laughs> the presence of a woman? 
Yes, because a woman, uh, God, I mean, I'm trying to remember what she wrote. I mean, I, because I think, she brings the sexy thing. <laughs> I mean, she distracts and she brings up like a couple of examples. Like she talks to some like former yeah. Marine or something, you know, from the from the US, you know American soldier yeah. who talked about like the integration of having women and some like in in the, in the military basically and how. Um, that like really destroyed like unity of the, okay but it's like who gives a fuck about like the you know like the military she thinks that because men and women she cites some like sociologists or something that say men and women uh, form relationships differently which is also okay. very dubious sort of whatever theories that, that I don't know who this woman is that like promotes the promotes uh-huh. these theories because men and women form relationships differently if you jam the sexes together the way that friendships are formed are like scrambled or something so you want like to separate out the sexes so that like you have friends friendship formations <laughs> um, kind of like happening more naturally and more durably I mean I'm kind of paraphrasing and does it help women too? Well, because because no, yeah. Well, I guess it helps women because then women can form their own friendships in their own places, you know, in their own like women's clubs type of stuff situation, and so, and so, um, maybe the one of the the things that she says right is that like she is a full advocate of like separating out sexes for like. Remember she said this like I'm I'm a firm believer in like le- having women do women things and then like le- letting men alone to do man things <laughs> like so she's she's a big proponent of that like uh, and so as as a way of curing kind of like um, you know loneliness in men and and sort of healing the 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 animization that men feel but I'm thinking like okay well I don't know like my brother or something like plays soccer and like He's bonds with lonely. dudes like my uh you know other people like go like surfing with other dudes and they bond they like other guys go i don't know like shooting guns and they yeah. bond like they don't need a an actual know. club Look, she's really focused on, on this like structures like on the rules structures yes. and there's like all sorts of clubs like i don't know people like go have like all sorts of groups cycling yeah. groups and you used to sort of see them around san francisco like there's like a group of men you know that like will ride up to the ca- coffee shop and they're yeah. like a biking across into the, you know i don't know county or something so and then there's like a group of women that do it so she would i guess, yeah. I guess support that i guess she but she doesn't want that. a mixed group of cyclists because then there's not so, like I don't know what to uh, say gender-based solidarity. You know what's interesting? Um, speaking of this, like really rigid ideas, or or yeah. it's in a way back to con- something conservative. But it, but she says she's not. She's creating or uh, um, advocating for something kind of new, not just conservative. She she sometimes points that out. But you know, I'm thinking about the kind of the Soviet experiment and what because yeah. she's like so removed from that. She like seems to. You know, as a person writing about feminism or uh, women's rights or 20th century, I think she should know a bit more of that stuff because it's huge. Yes. And she seems to me as like a bit like um, out of her element actually writing about this like um, big picture stuff. Yes. Truly, yes. not that I can do it, but I don't. I don't. I don't. You don't trust her. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't yeah. trust her because one thing that I I noticed besides a lot of funny things, she uh, in the beginning kind of says how okay. Uh, as you say, it's like this genre, right? I was this, and then I saw the light. Reformed, uh, a reformed yeah, liberal. She basically yeah. says she was um, kind of as an adult, uh, young adult, coming uh, living into end of history times, which is kind of not wrong, you know, end of Fukuyama, end of history, Cold War stuff. Soviet Union collapsed, this like market capitalism slash democracy supposedly won, and this is it. Yes, and she uh, lived in it and believed in it, and then was disappointed, and now, and now she proposes this. But then along this lines, she quotes 
basically end of history stuff and Soviet Union collapsing as an obvious way towards democracy and freedom. And I've never seen a serious social scholar yes. um, who is also supposedly leaning at least left doing that just like in passing. They're yes. just uninformed, like just stupid. Because one of the things like Soviet Union collapsing, right? She, she like I can find a quote, but it doesn't matter. She quotes it as like a, a, a sure thing that like bad things mm -hmm. are ending or like we're on the path to something good democratic and to the path to freedom I'm like that's dumb everyone knows one of the things when Soviet Union collapsed women became so much more vulnerable and one of the like the biggest victims of that collapsed mm -hmm. as a group you know yeah, yes. sure men probably became drunks or could be killed but women are of course stripped of any wealth and frequently turned to prostitution and I don't know I don't want to like rehash the history but she seems very uninformed and that's one of the things that makes me doubt her just um expertise in anything right because no it just no, no. makes me doubt it and anyway that that's no, no, one thing it, i noticed yeah. go ahead go ahead um, no because no, i wanted to add to that because there's it's actually it's actually i actually highlighted highlighted this thing in the in in the book and she said the the, the, the quote she used mm -hmm. which is what she writes at her like the time that she was like believed in progress right right and it was easy enough to connect to the larger story of human progress and the fall of the Soviet Union, a fresh reminder that freedom and progress were marching ever on. That's that's what yes, I, that you were saying. Okay, yes, that's the I'm quote. trying to like buttress it like, because what? it's like because it's like wait a second, the idea that like freedom and progress were marching is that the Soviet Union collapsed was a sign to you that freedom. And, you know, and progress in That's particular yes, is marching on but it's I, like I just yes. it was fairly early in the book and once I saw it I'm like what and I started obviously reading it for just yeah. whatever, for the podcast but also like but, you, um, but also something that you pointed out to me uh, earlier is that like wait a second like the Soviet Union was the project is I'm about enlightenment as a progress, progress the whole point of um, the Soviet Union was about progress. So she, her whole like even understanding of what it means for that to collapse is actually she doesn't understand shit. It was of, an anti-progress yeah. thing that it collapsed. You know, yeah, from, yeah. In, in the, in, and in, speaking of Soviet Union, like pre-collapse, whatever. Um, actually, you know, because she knows clearly very little about it. But one of the things they did, they brought women into the workforce while not encouraging them. It's kind of interesting, speaking of Mary Harrington's ideas of what should be done. Um, so women are comrades working early on. And yet I encouraged that just because of the remnant of the old world, it truly wasn't a revolutionary society in practice, and yes. at least on that like sexual uh, relationship ground. Women were encouraged to get married right after university, if not earlier, yes. and have kids. And they did, often as your parents did, like a lot of people did. And so, in a way, it's interesting. So, the Soviet project was clearly a project of enlightenment, and she's like wrong about all this. Kind of delivered to some degree certain things to women that she almost propagates, right? Yes. To have sort of a family early on while you're fertile, not to do all this like <laughs> promiscuity on the pill yes. while having a profession or opportunity to have a profession. Yes. Not sitting at home and being equal, at least on paper. Like yes. you really have a job, your own thing. And if you're separated with with your husband, you're, you're kind of fine because the yes. state like picks up certain things and there's the socialized childcare. I'm like, what? So yes. my po I'm just describing what it was like, does she know even? Yes. Like, I, I don't know. Because she quotes she something. She doesn't address it at all. Yeah. No, but I don't think she understands because she would say something like, "My mom was a housewife who would clean 
every time after dinner, my dad would get up and like do his man thing. And I kind of like felt for my mom, but kind of wanted to have status of my dad. I read this and I kind of like, I can't, it's just like that specific, like it's not universal. She always yes. goes back to her own very limited experience. She is a social scientist. She sucks. She's not a science. No. Yeah. And then on the, on the other end of it, like <laughs> the end of the Soviet Union, at least for Soviet people and Soviet women, meant not way towards freedom and progress, but actually impoverished prostitution. A return back to the 19th century, basically. But this is the thing: is that but worse? Yes, worse. But like, but 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 to some their inheritance wants a return to an old way of life, right? Like, um, a kind of a she's. I don't know. It's like it's funny. She like, and this is what it kind of brings together. You know, we were started talking about this strain in sort of Russian politics where they're like going into full on like, you know, um, traditionalism and, um, you know, family values and things like that. Like the exact things that Mary Harrington is kind of, you know, uh, in a large part advocating for. I mean, she's, 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 she says that she's more radical than that. She's not just like advocating for like a sort of traditional conservatism, but even more of like a more of a like radical conservatism, mm-hmm. like going back even further yeah, to medieval society, basically. Um, but like, but there's there's strains of the same kind of thing. This focus on ma- on family, this focus on marriage, this focus on the children, this focus on the unit, you know. And like, marriage is itself a, a weird thing. It's like, I mean, it's, I mean, marriage is not like some kind of um, like as a structure to organize, you know, family life. It's not like universal, right? Uh, I mean, uh, there's different ways that this sort of, you know, family structures can be uh, can can be kind of created. I mean, this is her, what what she's proposing is almost like a kind of a a traditional like Christian view of the family, right? Without the Christianity, without, right? Without mm, the, kind of without. I think yeah. she's not against it. No, no, there. Yeah, but she's not. But she's not advocating <laughs> the no, religious she, aspect. She's advocating the secular one, but at the same time, as she's saying, this is exactly the antidote to the um, sort of amoral capitalism that uh, sexual industrial totalitarian sexual industrial complex that took over. I don't know the West. Yeah, yet she like holds up as like a, a model to follow some fucking influencers that make money on Instagram. I mean, so like, I mean, it's just it's like actually it's such a mushy book. It's actually, I mean, I, you know, I have to kind of like I was reading this and I was thinking, wow, she's kind of trying to be like a Malcolm Gladwell because you know Malcolm Gladwell tries to, is kind of similar. I mean, he's actually a lot cle- more clever, you know, and, and, and he's more consistent. Like, and, no, but, he's, but he, what he does is he takes he's kind of a liberal, right? But he's actually also kind of a conservative because that's where he comes from. He's kind of a right winger, basically. Mm-hmm, you know, he's mm-hmm. very conservative ideas about how to structure society. And so he, but he's like his audience is a liberal audience, and he made, but he makes these more like right kind of leaning arguments in a very clever way. So he masks it. And Do you think he does it intentionally? Well, I don't know if he's like if if his whole idea is like he's like diabolically doing. It. I think it comes naturally to him because mm-hmm. that's kind of where he comes from. You know, um, right. In a way of like I don't know like arguing like like arguing against the 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 need to regulate cigarettes or something by saying that well this would put a strain on social security because people would die later you know kind of stuff like that like sort of like making these sort of rational economics economics arguments that kind of make sense on the surface mm-hmm. by by arguing very very you know like basically pro business anti regulation kind of arguments he, but he does it really well I mean he hides it he's he's able to hide it and when she's just a, she's just a sloppy thinker uh, and, a, and a bad and a bad writer and, and so and so like you can just sort of see all of her inconsistencies and kind of 
like they're almost like just I don't know it's it's interesting it's interesting like I kind of have a much more um, I don't know it's like it it really is, it does you do does require some talent to make these kinds of arguments you know to like appeal to the other side and you know and, and make sort of counter arguments and bring people over I mean you have to be rhetorically persuade very persuasive and right. she's not that. She can barely even like maintain, a, you know, a coherent, um, a coherent it's argument. It's not coherent, barely. Yeah. And the only interesting thing, at the same time, at this point, I guess, self-evident and also like, I mean, not that contentious, truly, is that okay? Yeah, certain elements of, I guess, women's movement um, is not ended up not being super liberatory. Yeah. Certain practices, and maybe not that satisfactory, but I don't know. People have been writing about it for a long time I don't see particularly anything interesting in it like I just can't imagine young people being into the idea that in order to have a, a fulfilling life what you really need is just to find a guy like a random guy or like a random woman off the street your age right um, just like and then actually it doesn't even matter you know I mean I guess you have they have to be attractive enough to you to, to be able to, to procreate, procreate. <laughs> But although, you know, but although even that doesn't really matter because like, you know, because like, I don't know, like I'm just thinking about like some like religious Jews or something like that, or, you know, Orthodox or Hasidic Jews who basically have like arranged marriages and, you know, they're like always walking around covered up and they're not like, they might be attractive when they're really young, but then because they just are like, get like pretty like obese very quickly and the men get like kind of like obese too because no one even they're like they're like have like un, they look unkempt and like they, they just have like they have cookies in they have, their like, beard yeah, they have like ch- ch- 20 children running around in the tiny apartment because they're pretty poor you know like like that is she's basically advocating but there is like there is solidarity there I mean yeah. they, they have a they have yeah. a mutual kind of love I guess maybe they don't have a love that's like in the big romance sense but they have a love in terms of like there's a tradition there they have, weird. They, when they, I saw them in New York, they seemed equal. Didn't they look like partners to you? They look partners. There is um there is a certain um attractiveness, I guess, to that kind of way of life. And this is why um, you know, uh in terms of Judaism, like I keep you know, I I talked about this before, I think, you know, here is that the Chabad, you know, and the sort of more like traditional form of Judaism is the only type of Judaism that's actually growing, that's actually bringing in new people, right. you know, because in a way they're like the Mary Harringtons. Mm-hmm. Of of Judaism, right? Mm-hmm. They're kind of anti-liberal. They're for tradition. They have very clear rules. Like you get married, you have children. You like the men have right. their role. The women have the women have their role. And yet the they're place. equals. Yeah, they're equal. Kind of. Although the yes, they're not necessarily equal because the you know women can't be rabbis. Women can't be spiritual leaders of the community. Right. Like it's the men who are, and and you know and. But they, but then you know, the women have certain rights in that world. You know, I mean, it's what she's describing is actually a very religious, traditionalist kind of, mm-hmm. right? But it was stripped of all religious, like iconography and religious dogma. It's like all on right. top of that. But you can say, you know, I mean, you can really replace any kind of religion into it. You can say, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, okay, like people in Iran, like the kind of more religious uh, Shia uh, right religion, like. Uh, like that's basically what people have there. You have like right. you're married. You have there's like a duty before God. There are very prescript, you know, specific rules. You should be happy within these constraints, right? Mm-hmm. Like of what your roles are, 
but she's describing that for the for the liberals basically right, right. for like a god for godless liberals right but also you know right. so she, like, since can you imagine can you imagine that being like i'm just wanting to ask you appealing, can you, appealing to appealing. like gen zers or something like that you know like on a I mass d- level i don't scale. know i doubt it i don't think at least her conception of it even if anyone can go through this incoherent like uh, writings like no it's not appealing but what's interesting like she's kind of I guess she's trying to be appealing to the young people. Yes, that's I think the weird, so. That's yeah. the weird part. I think that's the project, you know? That's the project, right, to suggest a new way of life yes. to the young. Look at it. But I, mean, I would rather already become Chabad, because at least Chabad, like, there's a transcendental quality to what's right. going on. Like, she's almost like some kind of, like, Marxist, you know, Yeah, but look, like, okay, the confusing thing, and it's interesting how you brought Malcolm Gladwell in, because it's so incoherent, or maybe it's me who can't, like, I can't piece it all together, all her little <laughs> ramblings and, like, uh, kind of incohesive ideological stances. It's like, she talks about kind of Marxism or left-wing politics and, and class analysis and she basically says how this feminist uh, feminism which is not untrue benefited truly only like the richer women but but ultimately she positions herself is this like right like majority women advocate and it's so like she's so delusional yeah because she speaks maybe and is relevant to like a tiny very online yeah. like group of people who are actually yeah maybe are slightly um disappointed liberal white feminist types right yeah. who are also even versed in the jargon which she uses all this the whole yeah. the whole yeah the whole project of these sort of uh the sort of conservative project to 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 basically use women like Mary Harrington as a, a kind of as like bait, you know, to bring mm-hmm. in like liberal women into, into, yeah. into more of a, into more of a conservative. Well, that's project. maybe, yeah. I mean, no, but I mean, it's, well, they need to get, they need to like get a, someone better than her because yeah. she's not going to be, do, she's not going to be the agent of that. She's not going to be their, like their marks, you know, who's, no. whatever, who's going to ignite a, ignite a, um, there's some a political lady, revolution. a bit more <laughs> charismatic, Louise Perry. She quotes her, you saw her book, something yes, also, that was the one, she against was also, sexual revolution. I saw an interview with her. She looks she's like, she's the one is like, women should only get drunk with other women. She's basically for, for, uh, like a Sharia law, basically. Yeah. That is like, uh, uh Again, she does the same thing. She's for a Sharia law without like the Islam. <laughs> yeah. Like so it's so they're very weird because you have to have like there if you're if you do if you're gonna be in these sort of like, you know, rigid relationships, you have to have some kind of like transcendental um right philosophy like you're doing this for something there's like actually a greater purpose for you i mean at least with the religion and catholics or whoever like you have uh, that yeah they have that like the latin families i see around latinx around here i think they're religious they have many kids and they're young yes and and their and their liberals have their own like sort of transcendental ideology which is individuals and and freedom and you know self-actualization and stuff it is transcendent like someone like mary harrington is pushing is like She's trying to basically use liberal language and your liberal like framework to advocate for like a much more restrictive kind of world, but like it doesn't really work, does it? Because no. because she thinks that you're going to be more actualized. Yeah. If you just pull some random fucking dude no, off the street. No, but also if you forsake your individualism. Yes. You're gonna, but you as an individual is going to be more actualized. Yeah. So so like if you pull some dude off the street, say like you. We're gonna have a fucking family. You're gonna chop up some wood, mister. You're gonna chop wood. I'm gonna kindle the fire. <laughs> You're gonna go out, like, kill the, kill the woodchuck or whatever. Kill the, you know, the, the kill, go kill, shoot some squirrels while I, like, cook up the broth and the, the gruel or whatever, you know. And we are just gonna sit here. I'm gonna fucking weave. 
you're gonna like whittle some wood because we're gonna, we're gonna sell that on the mar- at the market, you know, on the, on the weekends. And we are gonna have nothing in common, you and I. We like we'll have nothing to talk about. Uh, we actually doesn't matter. We will have sex every time. I'm gonna track my fertility. <laughs> Like by the moon cycle, which is fine because she's okay with that. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna track my fertility. We're gonna have sex when I'm fertile. It's gonna be totally fucking loveless, and it's not gonna be enjoyable because that's not what sex is about. Sex is about procreation, right? And we've forgotten that. Okay, but we're gonna remember that. Remember that sex is about procreation. Then we're gonna like just sleep. Maybe are they in the same bed or? Maybe they have like they don't. Maybe they don't sleep in a bed. Maybe they sleep on like a straw pallet, you <laughs> right know? on the cot, and then or maybe on the you know the chimney, you know, like the, what's that or the hearth, you know, where they have the like it's warm, you know. And I in this relationship am going to be actualized as an individual <laughs> woman, you know. And that and this is the shit that she's selling to people. I mean, there's like there's a romantic quality to it. No, I, th- I I really think that you actually you're very right, and I think we should end here. Even Chabad seems more attractive. Yes. Or I should turn Muslim. Or anything with like um, transcendence that's yes. offered on top of the similar stuff is more attractive. At least we're together serving God or something. Yeah. But there's nothing even. What? What is this for? It's 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 one of the bleakest. I mean, it's like it's very this bleak. book is fucking hilarious, but it's also just bleak as hell. I mean, it's I mean, bleak, maybe it's, maybe yeah. it's an English thing. Maybe you don't understand, you know? Because there's the like British the, person. Well, like you oh, know. Wait, do you think it's deadpan? She's humoring us. No, no, no. But there's like a kind of a bleak English thing, you know? Like I mean, you know, like, like, there's like the kind of bleakness to their society. Maybe. Yeah. maybe we don't understand. There's like a maybe there's like that's kind of bleak because I, I don't really no, understand don't anything know. about that fucking weird island. Um, she's from somewhere. In she the says north. she's yeah. I don't know. She grew up in the home country counties. She said, which is not, around London, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know what can I, mean, I Mary say. Hinton, I want my fucking money back. Your writing sucks. You I, owe I, I actually, I, I actually, I actually, I have unfollowed you on Twitter. Goodbye. Okay, but also we are the like her ideal. So don't you want to talk to the Paragon couple? You think everyone actually, should have? Actually, if you want to profile us, I might. Uh, uh, if you want to profile I'll, us, I'll talk to her. I want a photographer to come in here. I want the photographer too, but she's like the whole chapter on finding these unique couples. There are very few out there, and we're one of them. So hey, reach out. You know, we'll show you how to we how we divvy up our uh, our and how we just sit around and kind of like just are and are are happy just being in 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 a marriage, and we're happy that we know. That this person who's sitting next to us <laughs> and who doesn't even want to really look at, uh, uh, at me, you know, is it will be willing to wipe the drool from my mouth when I, you know, when I when I pass out from food poisoning or something, you know, like I, I just, this is this is the thing that this is the, this is the thing that is keeping our marriage intact. Wait a second. So are you sure that I'll take you to the hospital and won't let you stuff kind of like? I think uh, you will. Yeah. yeah. Well. Okay. But. That's good. But I will take. I, I actually would take a random stranger to the hospital <laughs> if I see them dying on the street, and I would, you know, and I was in the power to help them. I would. That's probably, kind. Not everyone in San Francisco. I don't need to be would, married to this person. But not you know? everyone would, you know. It's true. So I think for Mary Harrington, <laughs> she thinks it's you need to marry. <laughs> if you do, for you some, for someone to take someone else to the hospital, they need to be in a relationship. <laughs> That's monogamous. That has children, right? And that has a home-based <gasps> economy. 
great. <laughs> but I like the idea of home based economy. Is, I just, I no, do, I, I, find do, it, I, do, I find I it nice. Like it too. I find it nice. I just, I don't know how is it transformative on the whole. Can everyone drop their corporate job and do that? I don't know. Well, because you, because I mean, because what she's like is you need collective societal action, you know, or any, I mean, she's talking about a revolution basically, but she puts it all in the individual. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Like she's, we're talking about like In a, a way, she's still in the whole individual ideology but she looks for self-actualization through a family unit yes like that's this, basically right? it that's that's that which is like hey <laughs> more power to you yeah she you just want a really really loveless marriage as a way as a pathway to fucking self-actualization it's, it's actually kind of incredible you know <laughs> it, is it just incredible. it sounds it sounds like a nightmare yeah. but she seems to be happy which is good for her you know yeah. i wonder who is her husband yeah Show them, show show him, show, I don't him know. show him to us. I actually don't think he exists. You know, I actually, I, I actually question her whole story. I mean, maybe she's, who knows? She, how do you know she's not a crazy person who's sitting alone in her like you know fucking flat in London somewhere? I don't know. Like and writing this shit. Like has this uses, been fact checked? By the way, you notice her um, pattern. Like anyway, her language is all weird, and I guess it reflects her personality. But she frequently uses this word at scale. It's I noticed, like you know what that's I, from constantly. You know what that's from? No, that's a, like that's like a like a like a Silicon Valley term almost. Well, you know we're going to be deploying at scale. You know, okay, fine. We're like you know we're we're launching this app for like you know beta beta version. Wait, but but that's the weird part of her, about her. She actually used to have a startup that yes. almost made it or something. An like education this. startup, an online. Okay, platform. it makes sense. Maybe she da- is versed in that lingo. She's a she's a tech. Yeah, she's like a and she's a, she's a super online person who spends all her time on the internet. Uh, who has a loveless marriage apparently? Who is just I, I mean fuck. Go ahead, read the book. You know if, you, if that's if that if that, if that interests you. You know. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I think this All is right. enough. That, that's that was it. That was very cathartic. Was it? Yeah, because I because I was really frustrated reading this book. Okay. And I, when I was questioning whether or not you know like whether or not. Wait, even, are you questioning our marriage? No, I, I I have a firm belief in our marriage. I'm I'm questioning whether or not it was the right thing to fucking force myself to read this book. That's what <sighs> yeah, I was Yeah, I don't know. I hope it's worth it. I hope you enjoyed it. All right. And if you want any relationship advice, oh, <laughs> I think we're with. Should the, we start up a? Because it's like big business, you know, relationship advice, right? Uh, I think so, but I don't know how. how do you can we it? wait? Can we monetize this? Look, this is this is. Well, let's take this off the air. Um, I don't think people need. I don't think potential competitors need to hear our, you know, strategy strategizing. <laughs> so we'll, you know, we'll have to. Uh, we'll have to. Uh, okay, yeah. We'll, you we'll tell me take, this. We'll have to take you this off the air. You tell me this. I'll just try to. No, but what do you mean? You're gonna I, give I'm away trying, a secret. Yeah, no, I'm trying to convince you how unique it is, and maybe we should monetize it. Do you have many friends in that kind of situation? Nobody. Exactly. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, in fact, uh, you know, all the friends I know who are also in the podcasting business, um, exclude their wives from the podcast. So, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. What does that say about us? What does that say about them? I think they're misogynists. <laughs> <laughs> well, or what does it say about their relationship? It's not misogynist necessarily. You know, I mean, they're just not doing homestead. <laughs> I'm just. I won't. I you know. I don't want to upset my my friends, so I won't. Um, I won't comment for. Also, maybe their wives are not crazy to doing podcasts. Okay, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> maybe they have normal wives that who aren't. You know. Yeah, who are just not interested in <laughs> online bullshit. They're like they just want to do their wife stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, yeah. We'll be back next week. Till then. 
Till then. 